Halo, halo, Sacred Icon listeners. We used to do ads for other people, but I decided, why don't we do one for ourselves? Whether you're here listening to us for the first time or you've heard every episode, I'd like to briefly tell you what we're about and how you can support us. We have been doing this podcast since 2019, and with that has come lots of changes. We started as a primarily Halo-only show, but have evolved, combat evolved, over the years to talk about a wide variety of things in the realm of nerd culture. As you can imagine, we've made numerous changes to our platforms, usernames, and emails over the years, so now is the time for me to set things right and give the Covenant back their bomb. You can join our Discord by clicking the link included on our podcast feed. You can also send us an email or a voice message at sacrediconpodcast at gmail.com. We have a YouTube channel at youtube.com slash sacredicon, and we no longer use Twitter or X or whatever else the kids are calling it these days. So if you see someone who looks like us there, just know it's not us. Lastly, you can support us on patreon.com slash sacredicon and receive a bevy of bonus content. We're so glad you chose us to be the voice in your ear on this particular day and hope you enjoy the episode ahead. Halo, halo, to all you cool cats out there, you're tuning in to the smooth sounds of Cairo Station 117.343 FM radio. Welcome to episode 26, guys, of the Sacred Icon Halo podcast. Welcome back. It's been a while. I'm your host, Jovial Joshi. Been a while. Oh, there it is. It's beautiful. Uh, and as always, join with me is your guys' other host, Brian. What's up, man? Dude, it's been a long time. It's been a while. It's been a long time. You know, it's funny is uh, since we started saying it's it's been a while so many times. Now uh, we were uh, me and Erica were like in the car and somebody else said it's been a while on the phone. Yeah, and Erica turned around to me and in unison at the same time, me and Erica both said it's been a while. No way. <laughs> yeah, dude, she's saying it now. It's catching it's, on like it's fire. Cool. Um, that's awesome. You say this was episode twenty. It's twenty six, right? Maybe yes. I think yeah, you said it is. Tw- okay. Yeah, I did say twenty six. Oh man, it's uh, yeah. It's been three weeks since our podcast, and it's been like over a month since I recorded with you. Yeah, yeah, I've crazy. missed this. It's it crazy, nice. man. It feels it kind of surreal nice. right now. Actually, it does. It does. Um, yeah, it was a long time coming, guys. Uh, the world went crazy, and uh, uh, I, I guess I didn't. Uh, I didn't ask you, Josh, off the air if you minded to share, but, uh, you know, not, not any details, but uh, I'll at least share mine. I think Josh probably doesn't mind. Um, we both work in uh, industries where, uh, yeah, things are pretty crazy for us. I work in a hospital. Um, Josh, are you cool with... Uh, oh, yeah, I work in a yeah, grocery store, yeah. He works at a grocery Overnight. store, so, yeah, so... Josh has got to stock uh, food when people are, you know, going crazy and uh, yeah. <laughs> running out of toilet paper and running out of everything. And so Josh is busy, and then I'm in a hospital, of course. I restock medical supplies, so uh, it's been crazy there. And, um, yeah, just a crazy time. Um, everybody's home, and Internet speeds are low. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, also Halo PlayStation's Info- in- Oh, go ahead. I was just say Halo information's come to a halt because even though it was pretty much almost non-existent already, I don't think anyone's like at, over at Microsoft trying to pump that out right now. No. Um, so, uh, what were you gonna say about PlayStation? Oh, I was gonna say I think in Europe at least I don't think in the states, but I think their download speeds have gotten slowed with all yeah, this. Yeah, I know. Like, I think Europe Netflix is only SD now. Yeah, isn't YouTube like 
by default now in standard definition. I think so. Whatever, yeah. whatever the base is. Yeah. Luckily, Josh and I aren't really big online multiplayer people. Like we definitely have our moments. Josh more than me. But we've been pl- we play campaigns and and uh, you know RPGs and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. uh, I've been playing mostly uh, Doom Eternal and other Doom games um, and some Wolfenstein. Um, Erica has been playing Horizon Zero Dawn. Oh, that's cool! I didn't know yeah. that. Oh. I, well, she was looking for a game, and I was like, "You should." I think this game would suit you because she likes Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts, Last of Us, and Uncharted. And I thought. Horizon Zero Dawn, you know, it's kind of got uh, it's third person, it's RPG esque, it's uh, it's got a cool female, really cool female character. Mm-hmm. Not that Erica needs a female character or anything, but I think I get well, the it's vibe nice to that, have those. Yeah. I get the yeah, I get the vibe that women like enjoy that when they're a gamer and they're actually cool characters that are female. Yeah, um, I mean, so. if I was playing like a ton of games with predominantly like female lead characters, it'd be nice to have a male character in there yeah, once in a while that I can exactly. And a- Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn is freaking awesome. Yeah. Uh, so she's been playing that, and uh, Josh, you've been playing Doom Eternal as well. Correct? Doom Eternal and MLB the Show. Yeah. Uh, and then here soon, I'm going to be playing Final Fantasy VII Remake. Because that's coming out Sweet. soon. I think uh, well, Resident Evil Three remakes coming out soon, but I'm not uh, as well, big on Resident Evil. I would although buy it looks Resident cool. Evil Three remake right away, but I own Resident Evil Two remake and still haven't played it, so I need to get that done first. Um, yeah, guys, we will be at some point during this uh, episode. We'll be talking some about like Doom Eternal and stuff, but there won't be any spoilers, so don't worry about that. Uh, I probably will spoil some Doom sixty four, but uh, you've had twenty some years for that, so <laughs> that's uh, you'll be fine. Um, but uh, yeah, so Josh, before we get into it, Brian, yes, hit me up with the sound of Bane from The Dark Knight Rises mistaking Master Chief for a giant pickle. <laughs> okay, let's see. Ah, so there's this guy. I'm trying to think how this quote goes. Hang on, let me see if I can get it. Turns himself into a pickle. Calls himself Master Pickle. Funniest shit I've ever seen. The thing That's I love terrible. It, That's terrible. No, <laughs> J- Josh actually does a really good Bane impression, but he has this thing where he accidentally starts to fu- become Bill Cosby when he's doing Bane. <laughs> and he started to become Bill Cosby there at the end. Funniest shit I've ever seen. Wait. Yeah, that does sound a little like him. Yeah, you're going Cosby now. Okay, hit me up. Hit me up with uh, Bill Cosby offering uh, Master Chief a snack pack of pudding. (laughs) In these trying times, Master Chief, would you like some chocolate pudding? That's not bad. Nah, give give me some flip flappity flop in there. That's my favorite part. Flip flappity flop. Oh yeah. Let me see. Let me let me roll into Bane. I could do it better if I do it with Bane. Let's see. Let's see. I'm gonna try this again. Let's see. (laughs) Calls himself. Master Pickle, and he gets the chocolate pudding when you get the goods in pudding, and you take the spoon, and you get to the man, you take a bite, and you go, wow, that's good <laughs> Whoa, what did Bill do there at the end? It sounded like he got really excited. Just, it hit his taste buds, the flavor. Oh, his hit his taste buds. Yeah. Snack pack, hit taste buds. Cool. Um, <laughs> so, Josh. Yeah. On a more serious note. Yes. Do you think, do you think Halo Infinite will be delayed? First, just give me a short answer quick first. Do you think it will? I don't know. It's in a really tricky situation right now because I feel like I feel like it's safe to assume the console launch is going to... I know it's opening up a can of worms here. The console launch is, I feel like, going to be something that there's going to be a shortage of, at least at the beginning. 
Yeah. I expect that with both consoles, just like a sort of limited quantities, not as much as a shortage, if that makes sense. But I feel like they're going to really try to push to make sure that one comes out. I really do. I think they're going to try to. I mean, for for anybody listening who might be more casual or, or not in the Twitterverse of things, we know that 343 Industries is working from home right now, like many developers and companies uh, working on Halo Infinite. So, um, And as far as we know, they, they say it's still planning to come out this year. Um, it does seem to me like there's here's, – here's what I'll say that I feel for sure. Mm-hmm. I don't feel there's any universe where the Xbox Series X comes out and Halo Infinite's not there alongside it. I don't think that yes. I don't think that happens. Period. So if the Xbox Series X come I think here's the worst case scenario. If the Xbox Series X comes out this year for sure, the worst case scenario is Halo Infinite launches alongside it and Series X consoles are scarce and hard to find and the majority of people play it on the one first. Played on the yeah. Xbox One. And well, it just sounds I, like a, a buzzkill to them. It does, it does sound like a buzzkill, but I could see Microsoft being like, you know, oh, you know, get it on your, you know, get it on your one. If you can't manage to find a Series X console this holiday, get it on your one and it's a free upgrade, you know, to play it again on the. Yeah. They might have to because that. Uh, so if the Series X comes out, I feel like, I just feel like there's no universe where they take this opportunity to have Halo launch alongside your console. That's where I'm at. Like, I feel like if, in one sense, a little part of me feels like, yeah, the game probably should get delayed so people can just not have to they don't have to crunch or anything like well, that Well, that was kind of my next but, question though is like well yeah I, we don't ever want like crunch and we don't know what the studio would have to go through to get infinite done um from working from home now for all we know maybe it's really really it is pretty much done and they're just finalizing things i doubt that because the way the industry works they probably have a lot of heavy work left to do but if they're just polishing, maybe this could work out for them. Um, but uh, the, the question I was going to ask you next, Josh, is how much do you care if it comes out this year? Because not to sound pessimistic, but personally, uh, and as you guys know, who you people who listen to this podcast or are part of the Sacred Icon Halo community, you, you know, we're excited for Infinite. We've talked about it a lot since we started, and we want to play it, and we would love to play it this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but having said all that, um, combination of things, maybe it's our age, uh, part of it's got to be, you know, just what the world looks like right now, having plenty of other new games to play, backlog games to play. I personally don't really care if it comes out this year or not. I would be perfectly happy playing it next year. Um, if everything works out, I'd prefer it this year. I can't wait to play New Halo. That's awesome. Yeah. But on the other hand, I can't wait. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, well, here's the thing. I think if it does come out this year... It's going to be tough for them because, you know, you're, we're probably going to we're going to have to, I think, expect it's safe to assume that we're going to have to expect the game to kind of ship with missing features, you know, in some aspects like like let's say before, you know, how Halo 5 didn't have I don't think it had Forge right away, didn't have um, big team battle and stuff like that. I would imagine there would probably be things like that that we would have to go through again that maybe well, we weren't okay. originally well, going to have to. Yeah, Josh, like because of the situation, like if there's ever a situation for a developer to have a good excuse. Mm-hmm. We're in it right now. Correct. So would you prefer they're like, here's the campaign and basic multiplayer? No, and see, I, and I would rather wait. You I just would. wait it, and have it all. As much as, I, yeah. like, as much as, as much as we're in a position where we, we, we've known this was going to be coming and we've, we've been waiting for it and salivating for just any new bit of news, I would happily take them showing us, pulling back the curtains 
uh, on this game and just yeah. seeing that and being teased that, being yeah. given some maybe some Q and A's over Skype where they can just maybe, maybe talk a beta about it. when it was supposed a to a beta, something to that effect where that, a beta would be perfect because that actually would give them more time. I would think I don't know, you know, but you, you would think it'd give them more time if it's going to come out next year because it's just it's just not the the momentum just isn't really there right now and it's not at all to do with them. It's same no, thing for Sony with world. PS5. It's the world and it just. Yeah. You know, I'd much rather wait until this game is is fully ready. And you know, I would. Okay, here's how I look at it: when this, when all this stuff, maybe you know, when it gets to a point, where like let's say, let's say by the time the game's maybe supposed to come out, like Novemberish, and things have maybe started to blow over. You know, hopefully, thankfully, and the game. I, I would much rather get to a point where we're like, okay, cool. Now let's get excited for this again. We're starting to get re-energized. We're starting yeah. to feel good again. Now we can look forward to this stuff. You know, I'd rather that. Plus, just with the holiday season coming up, as much as I want to get an Xbox, I mean, I got to buy Christmas and stuff, too. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like a, a part of me would rather wait. I'd almost rather, even for PlayStation, I'd rather see a console launch kind of more in the first quarter of next we've year. Never, How do you feel, Brian? I don't think we've ever had a – we've had Halo Wars, but we've never had a Halo title launch, not in fall. Yeah. Like, just Wars has, but – um, so that'd yeah, be kind of crazy. I don't. It would. It'd be different. I don't know if I'd see Microsoft doing that. But then again, like it would seem kind of crazy to wait till the fall of twenty one. I feel like that's too much time. I think it is too long. I would think sp- like spring, like this time next year. I think I would expect to have it like March, uh, Marchish. Yeah, I just uh, you 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 said it best though. Is it the uh, you know what's going on in the world right now? It's just it's a buzzkill. You know, I don't like, and I think many people listening to this. I could be wrong, but I feel, I feel like a lot of people relate to this. Before this all went down. And we would talk about Infinite and listen to podcasts, make podcasts, mm-hmm. get on the Twitter. There was this energy in the air. Everyone's just like, this is the year of Halo. This is it. This is a big, you know, holy crap, new Mega Block set. Holy crap, all this stuff, you know. And there was just so much energy. And I feel like now that this is all going on, we're not we're not like dead set. We're not laser focused on Infinite anymore. And I don't even think, I mean, as a job, of course, 343 is laser focused on it. But I think even the people that work at 343, they're humans. I think everyone's just kind of like focused on what's going on in the world right now. And it just, it's just kind of hard to get, it's kind of hard to, you know, think about nothing but Halo when you're in this time. Yeah. And I mean, obviously a lot of people are still because of escapism and, but at the same time, I, what I was, what I was going to say too, in addition was I'm, I can speak for Brian too and feel free to cut, cut in at any point, but like I have such a backlog of games I want to mm-hmm. get to that I'd much rather the people working on this game and, and just Microsoft PlayStation, even in general, just because I, I'm going to want to get a PS five, you know, I'd rather they get to take their time and, and figure this stuff out rather than try to, to figure out a way to still somehow ship this, this year. I have so I have games that I'm currently playing games. I want to get to games that are still going to come out this year that I'm looking forward to playing games that uh, I've wanted to replay. I mean, just the list goes on. Like, there's just such a big list right now. And I am in no sort shortage of just entertainment, you know, yeah. And, yeah, and consumerism it, it, you know, right now. And then on top of games, you got shows and movies. And like you said, things you want to replay, rewatch. Um, I'm, you know, kind of immediately shifting to this at the same time. But I've just started replaying uh, the Wolfenstein games. I, I beat... The Old Blood, which yes. was the prequel to New Order, mm-hmm. and I'm now playing New Order again. And the New Order, Wolfenstein the New Order came out summer of 2014, which is insane to me that's almost six years ago. Blow yeah. my mind. And I got it at launch, and me and our mutual friend Justin, we, we played it right when it came out. 
And we were floored by it. The music, the gameplay, the, the story, B.J. Blazkowicz as a character. We just loved Wolfenstein New Order. We thought it was so good. And mm-hmm. when I beat it, I was like, this is going to be one of those games I replay over and over again. I love this game. This is my first time replaying it in 2020. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it kind of blows my mind because like younger Brian, who had a lot more time on his hands, a lot less worries. I would have played that game 16 times by now. But this is my second playthrough of the New Order. And even though I knew it was good, it's like the farther and further away you get away from a game, you start to kind of forget how good it was. Maybe that's just me. But it like, happens. It does like New Order, like I knew the New Order was good, but like I had forgotten why I thought it was so good. Now I'm replaying it and I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh. I was just going to ask you that. Yeah. This is so cool. This is awesome. Like this part, this part, this music, you know, this tool, this gun, you know, like, and I'm just having a blast playing through it again. I'm thinking to myself, man. You know, I'm enjoying replaying Wolfenstein. I've been replaying some old Dooms. I recently just got, for five bucks, I got the original Doom on my Switch. So me and my nice. me and my wife are watching The Walking Dead uh, right now because she's never seen it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I'm just playing Doom while we watch The Walking Dead on my Switch. It's, it's really cool. Um, so all these games I want to replay, all these, I own at least... 10 games probably I've paid full price for and haven't beat. You know, I, yeah. I haven't I haven't beat but, Red Dead Redemption 2, Dishonored 2. I can name a whole bunch. Um, yeah. so, you know what, just for, just, just, just for sake of conversation, what right now, if you could start up any game that you're not currently playing that you want to get to in your backlog, what's right there? What's, the, get to t- my what's at the top or most of the pop or most? Well, is it kind of, it's kind of lame, but no it's, Wolf, it's Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. That's why I'm working towards it. Okay. I haven't played Great it. answer. I've never played Great it. Answer. I'm so excited. I saw your post about that, and I was like, yes, he's so close. Have like, you played the new Colossus? Yeah, I beat that one. Okay. I beat that and the DLC. DLC well, you don't need to play, but it's still fun. Okay, yeah, because I was a huge fan of the new order, and I bought the old blood the day it came out, and I was I was actually hyped for Wolfenstein 2, but, and I'm not going to get into all this, but when Wolfenstein 2 was getting like marketed, there was like a lot of controversy and like a yeah. lot of political stuff, and different things being said oh. about the game's quality. Yeah. So even though if you go look at Wolfenstein 2 reviews, they're pretty good, um, I just opted not to buy it because of all the controversy mm-hmm. and the negativity. Um, but now I've heard, all in all, it's a pretty good game. Do you like it as much as the New Order? I did. I did you did. like it well, more? It, I don't know. Yes and no. Yes and no. Okay. Because it, it had is, a better it, story but worse gameplay. That's what I heard. Well, I could see people thinking the first, like New Order has a better story. I don't know. I feel okay. like they're both good. They're just very different. Okay. They are extremely different. And I got to tell you, dude, a lot of like some of the characters they look a little bit different. So like, okay. just be prepared for that. Yeah. But and I'm I spoiled. Think, I'm a spoiled on a lot, so I actually know a lot about it already. I'll like, put it this way: you know how like like X Men First Class was like 60s, and the Days of Future Past yeah. was like 70s. That's pretty much what this is like. It's yeah. like you know, yeah, New Order, yeah. which is like the 60s. Which, dude, here's the, what I'm. Or, was this no? What am I thinking? It was forties, and then this one's more like the fifty sixties. Here's what I'm kind of stoked about, <laughs> dude. Now. And this isn't really a spoilery because mm-hmm. you know how they put out that uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood, which I've heard is actually not very good. Um, what? Yeah, making okay. Uh, no, you make it face. I'll, okay. I'll answer that. Well, I've heard it wasn't good anyway. I don't think it reviewed that well, um, but it's it's set in like the future, and it's his two daughters, and I, I guess B.J. Blazkowicz is in that, and he's an old man. Uh, older man, he's got gray hair, and I guess it's been confirmed that there is going to be a wolf, full Wolfenstein three. Mm-hmm. Um, so, to me, the idea of playing as like an older, grizzled kind of Marcus Phoenix esque BJ, that sounds awesome, dude. I'm gonna be dude. stoked for that. Um, so, and I was, I'll probably play Youngblood as well. I was gonna say, dude, I own 
I own the game, and you it own has Youngblood? the token. I own the token. Like, it, it comes with the token thing. So, like, all I'd have to do is send an invite to you, and it lets you download it. And as long as we play together, okay. we're able to co-op it. As long it. as we play together, I can... Okay. And you don't have to buy it. So, yeah. what I might do is... You know what? Have I haven't played, played the... I, okay. I played, like, maybe two hours of the story, and that's it. Okay, let's do it together, then. That sounds awesome. For sure. And yeah. then, if I like it, when it goes on a sale, I'll buy my own copy. Yeah. You know, just to have it. it. It's... Here's the thing. I like the. I think the biggest complaint was that the characters, the girls, were like kind of annoying. I, I I can see where people are coming from with that, but I just it didn't bother me. I thought it was really cool. There are some like I'm not going to go into spoilers too much, but like there's a couple recurring characters from the second game and stuff like that that kind of carry over. And like I said, uh, if, if and I might be messing up the times, but I think uh, yeah, New Order, if I'm not mistaken, is supposed to take place in the 40s. Yeah, you know, World War II and everything. And then I think uh, Wolfenstein: New Colossus is in the 60s. If I'm not mistaken, hmm. and then this is 80. This one is the 80s, so it's kind of a you know 20 years and and stuff like that. And yes, I mean I didn't get uh, super far. The the whole premise is pretty much to find BJ, yeah. so and, and young blood. But I'm yeah, I mean minded. I'm open. I'm very me, me too. I, well, I, so. What I played of it was fun. It's it is different, but it yeah. still has the same feel at the same time. I mean, just, I think I think as long and I don't. I don't think uh, it doesn't is, take its. It, uh, go ahead, go ahead. I'm well, I don't think this is like evident it. at all. But like, as long as uh, Youngblood isn't the template for Wolfenstein Three, I think everyone. Yeah, I don't find. think it's going to. Which and it doesn't plus, seem like that's what they were going. No, yeah, it, it seems more like a spinoff. It's still a continuation, but it's like a it's like a two point five. I think it's like the, the old blood, more than a but different. Or anything. You know, yeah. the, old, the old blood was like it led right into the new order. But which I gotta say, I, now I played that one first. And I was, I think I played. If I'm not mistaken, I played through. I think I was playing through New Colossus during the time of your wedding. Okay. Or it was I was either before or after. But um anyway, I just remember starting with Old Blood chronologically, even though I knew it came out after yeah. um, New Order. And I did not like I looking back on it, I'll never play it again. I thought the ending was awesome. I love the old blood. But I, then again, just, the best I part of it's the it. end. Yeah, I was gonna say I didn't the rest of it I was like Dude, Nazi zombies. I thought that was so cool. Well, yeah, I mean that that was that was crazy. Like it was building up to that, but I I just remember thinking I was like, this is probably, I I, I knew it was a prequel, so when I went in the new order, I was definitely enjoying that ten times more because yeah. it wasn't the introduction. It wasn't meant to be an introduction. Yeah, you know? I mean, I, honestly, so it, it, the the old the old blood starts off with you being in Castle Wolfenstein, and I feel like that that's the majority of the deal of that game of the old blood, and I feel like it's a very very dry opening. It's just it's, the story's just kind of a. It's a bit lackluster, like yeah, compared I, to the others. It's not. It's not that it's, it's bad. Glor- it's a glorified DLC. Like it, actually, if you if you called the old blood a DLC, I'd say it's one of the best DLCs. It does ever, feel like a, it feels like an expansion, but it's more like a full expansion pack. It's a full game. I mean, you can put some real hours into it, and you know, yeah. it was sold separately at retail. Yep. Um, but yeah. Anyways, so Wolfenstein. Um, looking forward to that. Um, what about well, while you, we're Rob? on this, just a little bit. Um, what what about uh, Doom Eternal? Well, I was going to go into that, but I wanted you. I wanted to ask you because sure. you asked me the question. You yeah. know, which game do you, would you want to play from your backlog? I was actually just talking to Xavier about God of War. And uh, I, the PS4 one. Wanna, yeah, but Dude, at the same time, yeah, at the same time, there's so many. I, I would. I've really been wanting to get to Uncharted Four, and I'm on Uncharted Three currently, so I probably. Yeah, that's a good pick too, man. Yeah, I'd probably say Uncharted Four off the top of my head. I've so. heard my net my my wife's only played four and she adored it. She loved it, and I, I've heard a lot of people say it's their favorite. So yeah, it looks it looks beautiful. to me. It's the coolest looking one. It is. I've yeah. only played Uncharted one. 
So I still want to play Lost Legacy as well. I want to play Until Dawn. I want to like I'm playing. I'm still playing catch up on my PlayStation Four since I got that. In What's that Christmas one? of 2017. What's that one What's Uncharted that? game for only for PS Vita? Lost Legacy. Golden oh wait, Abyss. what? It's for PS Vita. It's a Golden Abyss or something. I think you're right. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't think you'll I, play I think that that's one because it's not. You don't have Vita. So. <laughs> no, I don't want to have to go out of my way to play yeah. it. So, um, yeah. Well, okay, guys. We we are. Uh, we just thought we kind of you know change the structure up here a bit, and we we've been gone for a while, so we're kind of just uh, checking in with you guys and everything, and uh, kind of going over what we've been up to. So. We got plenty more to talk about Halo related, but we're going to quickly uh, talk about Doom. Josh and I have not talked about Doom Eternal at all. Um, if you've played Doom Eternal, I'm guessing you probably love it. It's awesome. Um, if you haven't, you probably heard about it. Um, Animal Crossing also came out the same day. That looks mm-hmm. dope. Um, I have a Switch, but I've just never played Animal Crossing. I probably should do that, but there's a lot of games out there. I'm glad know. to see people enjoying that so much. Yeah, it's just it so much cool. humor is coming out of that. It makes me it happy. Cool. Uh, but yeah, Doom Eternal... Um, do you want to give your impressions first? Yeah, I was going to say, no, I, no spoilers. I beat it. No yeah, spoilers. no spoilers, and I haven't beaten it yet. I've got oh, a little okay. sidetracked with okay. hitting dingers and MLB The Show. But um, yes, so, okay. Now, just to, to preface for everyone, I just play. I just beat Doom 2016 like two or three weeks ago for the first time. So playing a bit of catch-up here and really, really loved it. Felt, I just became enamored with it. Um, it I played it... Uh, here and there at times and I just uh it wasn't quite clicking with me enough to really like know for sure if I was going to finish or not but then it just hit me and I powered through and I was like this is awesome I want to get Doom Eternal day one I now when the, when they first showed it I never would have thought at that time that I was going to be buying Doom Eternal day one and buying the mm-hmm. deluxe edition or whatever the yeah. $90 edition but I, here I am and I gotta say I like it um the only complaint I have, and, and Brian and I have spoken briefly on this off air, but is just how much platforming there is. I like the platforming as it is, and I don't think it's bad, uh, but I like it. Um, or, I mean, it's just, it's a little, it just feels a little too overused at times. How far are you in the game? Like, non, you can say something non I just like- killed the, the first priest or whatever. Okay, yeah. Like, I'm about to go the, the second my ship. So you're not I very back far to, at all. No, no, no. I get I get back to my ship, and then the thing kind of shows up, and yeah. then, like, I lose the, the connection or wherever the location of the other one is, and I'm trying to find it. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what difficulty you play on? Hurt me plenty. Okay, is that what you played 2016 on? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because I, I, I'm still new to the Doom stuff. Never played the other ones before prior, and I was like, I, I just want to beat this game. <laughs> you know, I want I get, to get the no, I get it. So. I get it, dude. I, yeah. I am somebody who, and I'm becoming more this way as I get older and have more responsibilities and all that stuff. I, I'm, a high, I'm a big advocate of playing on easier modes because you know what? Not everybody's got time to sit there and die 17 times on the same zone. Well, you when, know? I, when I used to play games like back in the 360 era, PS3, I was like... I don't really want to say I played this on like normal or, yeah. or whatever it was, just because of just where how things were when you're like a teenager and you're in your early twenties. But now I like, ain't like, got time for that. Yeah, the the highest difficulty I'll probably go is heroic on Halo. Like, and if I'm really like in love with something, if I really really want the challenge, I'll go like the highest difficulty. But yeah. I can't think of any game. I beat honestly. all the Halos on Legendary, but it was because I was like, I want to spend time. All right, Brian, r- real quick, now. if you had to rank the Halos in terms of difficulty, like that were the hardest for you to get through, like from hard. Hardest to easiest. Yeah. Two was the hardest. Two's not even like there should be it's a night fifth, day. there should be a fifth difficulty that describes 
Halo 2s because Halo yeah. 2's legendary is above every, all the rest. Jackal snipers, man. Um, yeah, it's an, it's it's yeah, pinpoint. You can lose progress just because of a jackal coming out of nowhere and pinpoint accuracy sniping you. Yeah, Halo 2 was took me forever. Uh, I'd say Halo 2 is the hardest. Then I would say I you know I could be you know I'm just trying to go off memory here. I think Reach uh, is the second hardest for me. I remember having yeah. some real trouble with Reach because the checkpoints are pretty bad in that game. Yeah, they were. Yeah. And on top of that, um, I just remember being stuck at certain areas where it was just like there was like a, a level where uh, a bunch of jetpack elites were filling this room and they just, you know, I, I used all my ammo trying to get their shields down and then, then I didn't have enough ammo left to take them out and it was just really tough. So I'd say Reach was second. Um... I would say third is probably, man, I'm going to say ODST because, oh, okay. because ODST, because you have like, you die quicker. You know, that makes sense. Like that. Yeah. Um, it's really hard, to be honest with you guys, it's really hard for me to uh, even remember five because I just don't like playing five's campaign that much. I've only replayed it like two or three times and I actually don't remember playing in Legendary. I just know that I, I remember have, you beating it though because I know you got the achievement. Well, I I beat yeah I have all the legendary achievements for beating it by myself, mm-hmm. so I guess I didn't. I just don't remember. Um, but I mean, the thing about Halo Five is you get when you die, you get downed and you have to get picked up by your AI, which that changes everything. You know, <laughs> not going to get into that. Um, so Halo Five, I'm just <laughs> I'm laughing because I know how much you loathe that. Yeah, Halo Five. I'm not, I'm not a fan of it, but Halo yeah, Five is probably somewhere in the middle for difficulty. But so I said. Uh, Halo 2, Halo, Halo Reach, 2, yeah. Halo ODST. 3 ODST. Mm-hmm. Then I would probably say Halo 1. Okay. Yeah. And then right. and then Halo 5 because it's frustrating. Not mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if it's like diff- I I think as much as I, you know, we're we're advocates here of being positive and 5 gets plenty of crap, so it doesn't need any more from me, but I think 5's difficulty stems more from some design choices than it does actual difficulty. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's five. Then I'd say four. Mm-hmm. And I'd say three is the easiest to beat. I was going to say in my in the back of my mind from recollection, I think three was the easiest, but that's also probably why it's one of my favorite ones. It's yeah. A lot more. Uh, three's legendary was, uh, it was, I mean, it was, it was good and fair. It was, uh, but it, yeah. it was, it was, it was but hard. No, uh, great list, but, uh, back to, back to you, man. What, what are your thoughts on Doom Eternal? Uh, okay. So I've been a big fan of Doom since I was in diapers. So it's it's not a new franchise for me. I played the originals on the nice. computer. Ripper, t- Ripper Taren. <laughs> yeah, Ripper Taren. Uh, I said Ripper Taren. Rip and Taren. Yeah. Uh, I, get uh, with the Argus. I used to, me and my brother used to, because uh, I like we both wanted to play the computer, and of course we fight over it. And so what we'd do is when we played Doom on the computer, uh, my brother Creighton would, use, would control the shooting button, and I would control the moving buttons. And I would move, and he would shoot, and that's how we played. Wow, player. I couldn't do that, but that's cool. Yeah, that's how we played. Um, but, uh, so I've played all the dooms and I played the classic dooms in ultra violence, which is the second to hardest mode mm-hmm. in, in the, in the classics. If you play the hardest difficulty, which is nightmare, every enemy you kill responds within a minute or less. So it's, it's in my opinion, and somebody out there is probably going, Brian, you're a plebe. Uh, in my opinion, um, nightmare is not even, I don't even consider that a difficulty to play on because you basically just have to run past all the enemies and try to get to the exit because any enemies you kill, like you run out of ammo killing them and then they respawn. So I always play an ultra violence is the second hardest difficulty. I'm really good. I feel like at that, I, you know, I, I'm good at the games. Um, so I played doom one and two, uh, beforehand. 
Uh, I played Doom Three when it came out. Doom Three scared the crap out of me as a kid, and it took me a long I time to get through. Can't wait to play that one. It's 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 terrifying. It's really I, I'm, I still jump. I even now I still get scared because it's designed to be scary. Um, but three I thought was really good, even though it was a departure for the series. It, it's not doesn't play like the other ones. Um, and then when Doom 2016 came out, I wasn't really sure um, if it would be good or not because id had not really had the greatest track record for a while they put out doom 3 which was different for the series but was still pretty good and then they put out rage which most people just kind of like didn't even play or didn't even think about it's moved Mm -hmm. on um so then and then doom they showed off what doom was was gonna be doom 4 and it looked like call of duty it looked very modern and set on earth i looked that up yeah yeah, it it, it didn't look last told me about it looked really not doom at all Mm -hmm. Um, but they scrapped that started over and ended up coming out doom 2016 and when my, me and my brother played Doom 2016, we got it at launch, blew our minds because it was like, this is Doom. This is classic Doom brought into, you know, current day. Um, it's different than classic Doom, but it, it, ha- it has the same values, design values that the original did. Fast, frantic shooting, um, keep keeping movement, mm-hmm. zomb- or, you know, demons everywhere. Uh, so 2016 was really good. Really enjoyed that. Um, was excited for Eternal. And when I started playing Eternal, and I kind of talked to Josh a little bit about it, at first I was like, okay, yeah, there's a little bit too much platforming. I thought that too. And then here's the interesting thing is Doom Doom, uh, Doom Eternal's gameplay, I don't know if gameplay is the right word, maybe design choices, is vastly different than Doom 2016. Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal really don't play like each other, and that that's kind of shocking because you would think the follow-up would, but Doom 2016 is very traditionally like, Hold 10 weapons and load them all full of ammo and use the one you like and kill things. Uh, but Doom Eternal, they made it very mechanical. Um, and they kind of kind of outcompared to something like Dark Souls where you, you kind of want to know how to approach an enemy. You know, when to attack, whether should you heavy attack. Yeah, enemies in this one have weaknesses as opposed to in the yes. last game. They, you know, with specific weapons, they didn't have that. So Yeah, so Doom Eternal has, uh, you know, the, the demons have specific weaknesses. So you want to use a certain gun. for Like, you can use any gun for a demon. But like, for instance, like a demon, like a regular uh, zombie man that holds a shield, uh, if you used your assault rifle, it would work, but it would take four or five times as long as if you used a plasma rifle. So by all accounts, you should just switch to the plasma rifle to kill him. So they have weak points, and they made it so that all your weapons have way less ammo to encourage, between the less ammo and the weak points, they want to encourage you to use all your arsenal, all your weapons, and they also have made your chainsaw much more mandatory to the gameplay. The only way to refill your your ammo, which is always low, is to use your uh, your chainsaw. And your chainsaw always has one tank of gas loaded in it. In the 2016, you can hold up to three tanks of gas in your chainsaw. Uh, for big demons, you have to have all three tanks full to kill one. And for small demons, you can just have like one. Um, but you had to find tanks of gas around the world in 2016 to use it. In Eternal, since it's so required, the chainsaw is required to gameplay, to have ammo, they always make sure you have one tank. So you can always find a cannon fodder enemy, chainsaw, yeah, the, get your get your stuff. It's back. easier. Yeah, it's easy to find ammo for that too. Yeah. So it's not. It's not that they're they're. In a, I wouldn't say they're asking too much of you, but they're asking you to use your brain a little more. They're asking you to, to be to think about the way you approach combat, and I think that, that's the thing I like. But it, it I, is different. Yeah. But I like it at the same time. I like it. Like, yeah, go ahead, Josh. You go first. I was just gonna say, like, when there's when I'm in combat to- at times, and they're like in the specific combat areas, and they have the uh, monkey bars, 
And uh, I'm actually like, I have one of those abilities equipped where like, I think when I use my scope for my assault rifle, it'll kind of go in slow-mo. And if I'm jumping at least, and there's times like I'll go on the, the monkey bar, I'll leap, you know, it lift me up in the air and I'm like going in slow-mo and I snipe someone then I land down and I'm like, ma- like meleeing somebody and I'm yeah. just running and charging and dashing so and, and, and it feels so fluid. And when I, when it hits that moment, I'm like, okay, this is what I experienced in doom 2016, but I'm experiencing it in how they built doom eternal like i'm experiencing it their way in this game now yeah and i love it because the soundtrack is all it's ace of spades again like it's just it's yep. great it's just as great so yeah i feel like the way they designed it with it being more mechanical what it does is it makes it makes the 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 high the high moments of doom eternal are higher than doom 2016 because they've given you like i think uh hugo martin said like they call it like the doom dance or something they've made the doom dance this very delicate thing this uh jump here use this weapon here a weak spot there chainsaw here uh flame belch here you know they've made it very much this delicate dance that if you're doing it just right it's euphoric and it's like it feels so good so it's higher much higher highs in eternal but it, it might come at the expense of some who just wanted a more traditional just run around and shoot things, which is what you could do in 2016. You can't, if you play on an easy difficulty, you can do whatever the heck you want. But if you play on higher difficulties, you really cannot do that. And that's where, for me, my first playthrough, I went right into ultra violence because I play every Doom in ultra violence. And I'm going to be honest with you, I struggled hard on Doom Eternal. There was some areas where I just died over and over and over again. I'm talking. I'm talking 15, 20, 25 times reloading, wasting my time, you know, wasting two hours of my gameplay time on one zone because I had it on a high difficulty. Now, I beat the game on ultraviolence, but I'm replaying Doom Eternal right now, and I put it on Hurt Me Plenty, and I don't feel bad at all because Hurt Me Plenty, I, I feel like a god more, where on ultraviolence, I felt like I was getting my ass handed to me constantly. Uh, so, But to sum it up, Josh, before I throw it back to you, is um, when I beat Doom Eternal, and like I said, no spoilers here, um, I really appreciated the characterization of Doom, Doom Slayer a little bit more. I like there's more cutscenes, there's more story. I felt like the game was more tightly designed, and I thought so. When I finished Doom Eternal, I thought to myself, I have this feeling that Doom Eternal is way better than Doom 2016, but I actually don't know. So I need to go replay 2016 again. So I immediately jumped right into 2016, and I sat and played through Doom 2016 all the way to the end, all over again. Mm-hmm. Beat it, beat it all over again, and. Uh, when I got to the end of 2016, I was like, wow, 2016 still is fantastic, but you know what? Eternal's better in most every way. I really feel that. Um, Doom 2016, the first out, couple, few hours are really slow. You fight the same enemies over and over again. It's kind of boring. Um, and it's more I think that's what it was for me. Yeah, know, it's I hard I, get, I had played it f- here and there. You fight just imps and zombies for like three hours. Yeah, I thought, it, like when I was first playing it, I, I don't know if I said this earlier, but like I, I picked it up and put it down a couple times and just moved on to other games. And then I yeah. finally came back to a point where I actually just played it and actually finished it. But those first couple times, I was like, this is fun, but I don't, it's not grabbing me. Like, I don't see the appeal that Brian, uh, my cousin Justin, just everyone kind of had for 2016 Doom. It didn't, it didn't click with me. And then I had a point where that did. But, Takes too long to uh, pick up. You know, I was, I was going to ask you, uh, kind of in conclusion, uh, and if you disagree with me, that's fine. But in, in, I kind of feel like those kind of games we used to get in like the the early two thousands that kind of had that sort of like metal esque uh, badass feeling that made you just feel like an adrenaline, uh, yeah. just uh, a buff badass. You know, kind of like how Halo Two made you feel. You know, in in the vein of bigger, badder, and more badass, 
would you do you feel like this that applies to Doom Eternal? I do, I do. I mean, that's what I was that's what I was gonna get, I was getting to is um, after I played 2016 again just to make sure I, I come away thinking Eternal is pretty much a better game in every regard than 2016. I think they ramped it mm-hmm. up in all the right ways. Um, I just think I think Eternal is great. I, I think when I finished when I when I finished 2016 again and and I really could could let eternal process in comparison i thought you know what i think doom eternal is one of the best first person shooters to come out in a long long time i think you know like i asked my brother i'm like what's the best game what's the best first person shooter that came out since uh you know before doom eternal and he goes doom 2016 that's kind of a, a lame answer because it's just the last doom but like it i don't know what i'm i guess as far as like like culturally culturally in the gaming industry for me i feel like doing a doom eternal is like this this very like memorable, very good, very important FPS title. I feel like this is probably the best FPS for me. I might be forgetting something, but I feel like it's kind of the biggest one for me since Halo 3. And I'm not saying it's like that level of hype, but like Halo 3 was just like you. everyone played it and they're like, this is a classic. This is amazing. You're saying like objectively, right? Or are you yeah. saying more subjectively? Uh, I guess I'm kind of saying both because I, okay. I, I, you know. I can see I, that. I just, no, I understand it. I, th- I think a Doom Eternal, because like you know, I said Halo or uh, Wolfenstein was great and Doom 2016 was great. But Eternal just is the culmination of all these great ideas uh, to make this really phenomenal it's, title. It's refreshing in a way. I mean, when I look at it 2016, I felt like this was something I could just literally turn my brain off for. The yeah. stories in the background. You know, it's not the forefront. And I could turn my brain off and just mow through these guys and just feel like a badass. And it was fun. And then you get to do maternal and it's like, okay, well, now we're going to have the story at the forefront. And we're going to introduce, you know, different ways of of navigating through levels and stuff like that. And and how you kind of go about your gameplay experiences. And, you know, with with the hub sort of in the ship, in a sense. And then also just with the, the... like I said, the monkey bars and the different ways you can you can do stuff now with the enemy weaknesses and like I like it. I like it. Like it's still it's still something I can turn my brain I like the hub with, as but well. But it challenges like me the at the hub. same time. Yeah, I really like the hub. There was no I hub in 2016. It was just level I after level. I would, but I like it. I went in his room at one point. There's like the the guitars and everything. Yeah. And there's the yeah, it's so it's cool. Dope. So so neat. There was like there were books in there. I don't know if you saw some, but instead of the art of war, it was like the art of like demon slaying or something yeah, like it, yeah. it had so much so many plays on. he's side. got like original doom uh pc boxes on his shelf yeah. the original dooms yeah but uh yeah to, to, to bring it back kind of to halo just because this was kind of making me think about it like you know i feel like we talked about this before off air too but uh i feel like it, it this is with, with all that at least is coming on this current gen of games like final fantasy 7 ghost of tsushima cyberpunk you know and and, and everything else too uh, I feel like Doom Eternal, as good as it is, is going to get lost in the shuffle. Now, in regards to Halo Infinite, you know, and other people might not feel that way, but I, I mean, for some people, Doom Eternal is like one of their biggest games, if not their biggest game this year. But I just feel like there's so many other games that no matter how good that does, it's going to kind of get lost in the You could be right. Of it. Uh, for me, the only game that I is excited for more than Doom Eternal this year is Halo Infinite. Yeah. Um, and I, obviously, I'm, a, I'm excited for Cyberpunk. Uh, mm-hmm. For sure, but I'm more excited for Halo Infinite and Doom Eternal. I think you could be right. Like I think most of the time when games come out this early in the year, they do usually get like kind of forgotten um, by the time the Game Awards or whatever come around. But well, this if, is typically like the dry, the dry area. You know? Yeah, it really is, and it's not now because a lot of the games that were supposed to come out around holiday season, you know, four quarter last year, got delayed and got pushed. Yeah. You know, so I, it's it's a weird time. It, it, just in general, even with games, if it doesn't win like Game of the Year, if there's like a 
first person shooter of the year. I feel like Doom Eternal has a good chance of winning that. Yeah. Um, oh, absolutely. If there was a, a if there was a category for that for sure. Well, I was going to say though, just with in regards to to Halo, if it doesn't come out this year, um, I think I expect a lot of people to sort of gravitate and try out Doom Infinite more because maybe those people will be those Halo fans will be wanting to fill that void unless you know a new Call of Duty comes out, which I know Modern Warfare Two I think just came out today on PS4. Yeah. But uh, remastered. But uh, I mean, yeah, we we kind of we kind of talked about this earlier, but we didn't go too much into detail. But w- what about you, man? I mean, how are like I know you said you're going to be pretty much indifferent at this point at the moment, as much as you want to play Halo Infinite. Mm-hmm. But like, how do you think that's going to affect the landscape? I mean, just in terms of it, it let's, let's say there's limited quantities or let's say there is, uh, let's say they just say, Hey, in the, in the interest of anyone uh, or of everyone financially, not, <clears throat> excuse me, not only internally, but also externally, just as you know, consumers, we want to wait for next year. Mm-hmm. How, how do you think that's going to be for everyone? I mean, how do you, how, how do you think? Well, it's hard to. I, I think actually. I think like it could go in either direction. I, I think really the most do. understanding people actually are the people who are a part of the Halo community. Like, I mean, I, I can't. When, when, when we say Halo community, we all. Our eyes or our minds are all picturing something different, probably. I think for Josh and I, we're picturing the same thing. We're picturing the Twitterverse mostly, because that's, yeah. that's where we spend our time. Yeah. Uh, but for some people, the Halo communities, you know, they're, they're on a forum, they're on Halo Waypoint. Um, they're out cosplaying. I don't know what their version of the community is, but for us, it's it's very much the the Twitter sphere. And uh, I think I think the most understanding people are actually probably the the community that we're in, the, the Twitter sphere of people. I think people yeah. want it. I think they'll be disappointed if it doesn't come out this year, uh, but I think they'll be understanding. I think there's a large group of people out there who maybe are more mainstream that would be less understanding. Um, and I don't say this comparison to, to try to be like – to make a jest or a, a stab at any, anyone or anything, but you've seen how some people in, re, in regards to this crisis we're in right now have been acting um, less than appropriate or maybe not taking it seriously or maybe have their priorities in the wrong place. Like they wanted to go on their vacation, so they just went anyways or you know something like that. Um, I think there's people like that out there who – um, you know, they might just be really pissed off if they don't get their Series X or PS5 this year. Um, so there's probably going to be, I think there'll be a, there probably would be a lot of angry people if it doesn't come out this year. But I think the people who are really invested in the industry, um, both um, actual game developers and and uh, industry news reporters like from IGN or Kotaku or whatever, and, uh, you know, gamers like us who are like kind of really in the know a lot, I think we're more understanding um, but kind of well, to tie, let me, go ahead. Let me, let me cut in real quick. I, I want to ask you like, <clears throat> pardon me. Okay. So Xbox 360 came out in late 2005. 2005 yeah. <clears throat> pardon me, <clears throat> man, losing my voice here. Late 2005 and the Xbox one came out in September of 2013. I think it was, was yeah. it? No, no, it was, it was, it was 2013, fall of 2013. Yeah. Fall of 2013. Okay. So you have about, what is that? Eight years. Yeah. Okay, so then from 2013 on to, let's say, Series X does come out in 2020. That's seven years. Now, the most common thing I've heard from people around me that I know personally is that most people have a, there's a general feel of, man, I'm not ready for another console generation. Well, it's because of, seri- of the refreshes in the middle, the Xbox One X and the PS4 that, Pro. That's true, but I also think it's just, I, I don't know. I mean, I when I think about it, I think, okay, the 360 had so many different, like you had the Elite console, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. And like, it's not as, I don't, I think it's definitely the gap is different 
this gen. I think it took way longer to make a profit on the 360 and the PS3. The PS3 yeah. got had a shaky start with the high price point um, and the the Blu-ray stuff, and then the at 360 they kept the consoles kept breaking. So I feel like both Sony and uh, Microsoft they weren't comfortable with their revenue stream till five six years into the console cycle and they yeah. weren't ready to start over. I think X, even though I know Xbox One gets crapped on for not selling yours where it well as the PS4. I think every two or three PS for every one Xbox One, I think two or three PS4s are sold. It's, it's you know quite a difference yeah. there. But I think Xbox, I think Microsoft and Sony have made a lot of money this this generation. I think they're they're doing well. I think they're they're ready to move on to the next platform. Well, I think um, so too, but that's what I was going to say. Microsoft more I, so I, than Sony, it looks like. Because I Sony, think so too. Well, Sony has no it. reason to want to move on. They're just raking in the dough, and and everyone buys. You know, most of the multi-platform games are sold there, and PS4 is the game that gets a lot of the exclusivity rights, and they have the most exclusive games. Um, so it's in better interest for Microsoft to move forward right now than it is them. I think so too. Um, and so I think uh, for for the most part, like for me personally, I think am I necessarily ready for a new console generation? No, but do I? Am I open to it? Yeah, because like. The, the difference is only going to be, if it comes out this year for PS5 and Series X, if they come out this year, it's only a one-year difference than what the last gen was. Yeah. That's not that much. You I know think, it's, if I'm being real with you, Josh, I would be just as happy, if not happier, if the, if Infinite, this is going to sound like heresy to some people, if Infinite had just come out on the Xbox One X. You know, I, I like my One X, and I'm satisfied with the console, and I don't feel like I need a new console. So, if they had just brought it out on that, and the the Series X was fought, was two or three years, I think years most off, people listening to this are going to agree with you. And I, well, I, I mean, love yeah. and prefer the idea of it launching with it. But at the same time, I've said before, it almost creates a little bit of stress for me because I'm like, okay, I want to, pl- I, I, I'm the kind you don't want to play the I lesser wanna, version. I, exactly, I want to play the best best version possible, the best way I, the, the best way I can. And if I can't, that's okay. It's not going to kill me. I'm not going to be you know, butthurt about it, but I still want to experience it like that. And I don't want to be in a position where I'm like, you know, maybe I got it from, I ordered it from Amazon. I'm waiting for it to come in the mail. And I'm like, come yeah. on, people are playing this on Xbox one. I'm waiting. To, I still got to get the console set up. I got to, I got to get it pre-installed now and all this kind of stuff. I, I don't want to go through that. Yeah. So I think, uh, I think they might, you know, I, I don't mind if they end up, like you said earlier, if they end up just having it release on the Xbox One for now and the Series X gets completely pushed into at least first quarter of next year, I would not mind that, but I would feel more bad for everyone at 343 yeah. who has worked hard and Microsoft to an, to an extension. Well, here's because the one, here's the one thing they have kill. That's such a momentum killer. You don't want to release what's seemingly going to be your top tier title your ace in the hole your your best player on your on your team you don't want to release it on the previous gen you want to save it for the new one if it's going to be coming out well that's why purposes if if i had to guess i think i don't think the series x launches without the without halo it just doesn't so so if if series x is coming out next year then i think infinite is as well i just don't think think it does separate those yeah Uh, but uh the one thing they have going for them is that they've done a very good job of making the xbox feel like a family of devices and that's how they're pitching it so mm-hmm. um to, to in my mind already they, they've managed to get this across in my mind i view my xbox one x as just a lesser series x like that's how i view it right yeah. now i view it like a yeah. lower model uh, it's still going to play the same games and use the same accessories and it still has the same design uh but it's just not as powerful um mm-hmm. so they got that going for them where and i would feel like i'd feel pretty good about playing infinite on my one x knowing that I get a free upgrade to Series X when it comes out. Uh, and then I have to believe that, I, I could be wrong, but I really doubt I am, 
Infinite's going to play exactly the same on both, have the same levels and everything. It's just there might be uh, well, it's going to be sixty frames at least on the. They're not they're not going to do a thirty FPS Halo anymore. So in my mind, um, stuff like uh, the resolution would be lower on One X. Uh, Anti-aliasing would be worse. Shadows and lighting may be worse, but you're ultimately going to be playing the same game at the same frames as you would on your uh, your One X or your I'm sorry Series X. No, I so I think it'd be fine. Uh, mm-hmm. But and this will kind of take us into the next topic we had lined up. Um, I think that you know, I don't think that, we all know this. Infinite needs to be really good because of how long it's been since there's been a Halo, since the poor reception to not only Halo Five, but even if we don't agree with it here at Sacred Icon Halo, because we like three four three, we like the work they've done. They're not perfect, but neither was Bungie. Um, you know, the collective whole of of, of Halo under three four three. You know, for a lot of people. It's not as good as it used to be. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, we've talked about this before. I think some of that just has to do with franchise fatigue and, and just the changing of times. I just, Halo Halo coming out in 2020 is not as magical um, to the kids who are becoming teenagers now as it was to us in 2000, you know, one, four, seven. Fortnite, PUBG, Call of Duty Warzone, whatever, those things are huge. Um, it's a different time. Um, so I don't blame them. I don't think it's just because it's 343. But anyways, they need Infinite to be big. They need to be good. And I was going to say, when we were talking about Doom Eternal, if Infinite comes out this year, and don't get me wrong, I'm not one of those people that like, oh, you know, Infinite needs to be as good as Eternal or better than Eternal. They're different games, they're different series, they have different fans, you know, whatever. But I think that Doom Eternal came out very bold, very strong, showed its showed that it's really good. I mean, it's Tomb Eternal is really good. The, the design, philosophy, the gameplay, Absolutely. music. Yeah. They just dropped that thing, and it was awesome. And widely, everyone who's played it seems to be very satisfied. Infinite needs to have that kind of reception. It doesn't need to be better than Doom Eternal. It doesn't need to be, you know, it's not competing with Doom Eternal. But Infinite needs to come out and have that confidence that Eternal had. It needs to just, it needs to feel good. It needs to satisfy people. It needs yeah, to... I got a lot to say about this. I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm foaming at the mouth. Okay, I'm about to give it to you. I'm about no, to you're good, you're good. Take your but, time. Uh, just... Yeah, Infinite needs to, it needs to be confident. It needs to have that good music. It needs to have that good gameplay. It needs to to capture that audience and satisfy the way that uh, Eternal does. Um, so if Infinite comes out this year, I think it's going to have to, you know, I don't want to pretend, like I said, I don't want to pretend that Internal Doom Eternal has any bearing on Infinite because it doesn't. But I think Eternal's going to be in the collective consciousness of first-person shooter players in the year 2020. And if, yeah, Etern- if, if Infinite comes out and it's really lacking in a lot of ways or it's not confident like Eternal is, I think that's going to show. So I think they need to they need to have their game ready, you know. Uh, so maybe if it comes out in 20, 2021, it won't that won't be on people's minds as much. Though that's not a reason to delay it or anything. I'm just saying it's another benefit of if they have to push it back, that title's not sharing the same year with them. What do you want to say, Josh? Okay, yeah, I have a lot. I'm probably not even going to be able to remember all of it. Sorry. Um, no, 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 it's not. Yeah. Don't apologize. Everything you said made me think of this stuff, so I love what you said. But uh, first things first, you know, I think the biggest thing is, is I think when it comes to Halo, we're all, every one of us has been chasing that nostalgic feeling that we experienced back around Halo 3 when it hit that peak. And I think internally we know that it's never going to get to that again because no game has. Like, I mean, every other game in their respective ways have have had their own kind of hype trains that have been high, maybe even higher to some people, like Skyrim, Red Redemption 2, you know, things like the Pokemon games, you know, things like that. But, 
you know, in terms of just the promotional aspect, the campaign that was run for things like Halo 3, uh, and I, I picked that one more because I think that was more of a time when everyone was collectively, like, same aware. Page. Yeah. Yes, on the same page. Like, Halo 2 was still a time when not every, most people didn't have Xbox Live. Or a lot of people didn't say internet. their first Halo so, 3. Yeah, exactly. So, looking at that, bearing that in mind, I think... There's a part of me that like when it comes to infinite and you're talking about, you know, it needs to come out confident. It needs to come out kind of like peacocking and flexing its muscles kind of, you know, like, yes, I completely agree. And I think part of it needs to be that promotional campaign. But the the other part of me thinks, okay, I, I think back to Halo Master Chief Collection. They did it so good. And the game launched in a bad state. Yeah. Halo 5 did it so good. Mm-hmm. And it launched a poor reception. At this point in time, as much as I want that, as much as that's what curates the nostalgia for me for each Halo game, I want, I would much rather, if it's going to help it, which I don't think it necessarily will, I would much rather have them go more quiet and scale down, considering the state we're in, scale down the promotional aspect in terms of just, you know, live action uh, trailers and, and stuff like that and, and all this, the, the humor and stuff and Focus on making this product good because it needs to be good. And we've said this before, but Halo 4, great story, not as great multiplayer. I understand that people are devices on this. I'm just going by general consensus. Halo 5, not as great of a story, great multiplayer. So if we can bring the two aspects together, third time's a charm. You know, I I said this on the Discord. I I feel like they can really finally hit a home run with this, you know? It's like they've kind of got on... I'll say I'm using baseball speed because I'm playing MLB the show, but it's like they've gotten on base, but they haven't quite hit a home run yet. You know what I mean? And by all means, like, their percentage is good. They've done good things, but they just haven't come out and and really knocked it out of the park. And do I think that it... That were that, I mean, you, you kind of said this earlier, but it, it's at a point where once this year's over, if hypothetically Series X comes out, PS5 comes out, and we're looking at a game of the year list, okay, and we're doing all these top contenders, I don't think and now for Brian and I, and I'm sure for most of you guys listening, like Halo Infinite could be our game of the year, but I think in in terms of just general mass audience. It's a lot harder for Halo that is a series that's been out for so long. It's, it's got a ceiling it it's needs g- to break. It's, it's got a ceiling it, it needs to break. It can't just be this year's Halo. It has to be a game that is exceptional this year. Yeah. So, like, there, there's there's how well we want it to be and how well we want 343 to succeed. But then there's also, you're trying to, you know, as a as a distributor, you know, as someone who's working on this stuff, you don't just want to appeal to the people that you your loyalists, no. like us, yeah. You want to appeal to you want to bring new people in because yeah. that's what keeps the lifeblood flowing, you know? Uh and it's it's a tough tough rope to to walk across, you know? So you've and got you've got me like thinking of this this top like kind of a topic I hadn't really like thought of, but you kind of kind of came to my mind and I just I don't know what it is, man, but here's the truth of the matter. 343 making Halo is like making Halo relevant again is like completely different than id making doom relevant again and some of it i understand some of it i don't because if you look at it and i could be something correct me if i'm wrong but if you look at it uh the team that made doom eternal it's not the team that made the classic doom i mean john carmack's gone uh john ramiro's gone um some of the other character people I, I know their faces but i can't remember their name they're gone you know hugo martin was not around for those classics he wasn't there um the other guy who's always with him i can't remember his name um those people were not there 
but they've managed to recapture the spirit, bring it forward, make it relevant again, which is awesome. But it's a couple different things. One, even though Doom has a fan base that's huge and a good following, not not the same kind of fan base as Halo. Halo, mm-hmm. and I, I feel like I'm not being biased here. I'm just trying to be honest. I feel like Halo's much bigger in a sense, like its fan base and its... Uh, yeah, I know I'm art- newer to Doom, but I still get that. Impression. Yeah, the enthusiasts for it are, are much more wide. Um, so there's that. The expectation is higher because of that. Um, but I think we look at... We just we look at the teams differently. I think there's this like there's this idea that three four three industries is this baby that's been learning to walk, and we're all just trying to to you know push it in the right direction. But like id software, we just we were just like we had confidence in them. We just let them push a game out, and that was it. And it's like I don't, it's almost unfair because like. The people, the professional people that work at three four three are professionals, and many of them have been in this industry for decades or a long time. They're not newbies. They're not new people. They don't. We don't know anything more than they do. We don't know half of what they know. Um, but three four three industries as a whole, it just gets looked at like this little baby who just doesn't understand. How to you know, I, I, and, and, I but, think but it, it, they they ahead. get away with it at other companies. Other companies they don't have the weight that Halo does. I don't know if that's because Halo is so exceptional or just there's more more expected of it. I, I, I got more I could say, but go ahead and you can... No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I won't forget. Well, I won't forget. I want to hear you out. I'm just... I just think that... Uh, and it kind of brings me to this this thing I saw on Twitter. I'm not sure who said it. So if you're listening and you said it, props to you. Um, and th- this thought would never cross my mind because I'm not, I'm not as hard on Halo. But uh, somebody said that... Um, how did they put it? They're like... They were talking about all these series that came back and kind of uh, revitalized their classic self. So, like, you know, Doom 3 kind of went off the off the path, but then Doom 2016 brought it back, and it was really well-received. And, and this person on Twitter was saying, look at look at these. They, were, they had several things listed. I can only remember Doom, but they were like, look at these several different things where companies took it back to the classic and it was well received. Why can't Halo do that? They said, "Why can't Halo come back and do that? Why do we have to have sprint? Why do we have to have mobile like uh, armor abilities? Why can't we just bring it back to the classic? It works for everyone else. Why doesn't it work for Halo?" And when this person said that, I'm a person who I like sprint. I like armor abilities. I like Halo Four and Five. Um, so I don't have that complaint. But I'm thinking, you know what? That is interesting. All these different companies are like you can even look at like the Force Awakens for instance. The Force Awakens brought Star Wars back to more classic stuff, and it really worked out for them. One of the largest movies ever, uh, Force Awakens back at the time. He's like, it worked out for all these people. Why is three four three not doing that? Why is three four three not trying to just bring back the classic? Because it, it seems to work for everyone else. And I'm like, why? why it is it is interesting. Why does it doesn't seem to work like that for? Because like. I think we. I feel like we both kind of know that if uh, Infinite came out, it had no sprint, no armor abilities. Um, that would make a lot of people happy, but it would also upset a lot of people. So, I just feel like they can't win. I mean, they're just are they just screwed no matter what because the fan base is so split on that. And I don't. Well, I think even, it's. A, I think it's. I don't know. It's a great. I mean, it's a good question, but it's just I think it's really a different landscape because I, I, it's not a slight to Doom whatsoever, and I'm I'm biased. I understand because I'm I'm still new to Doom, but I'm trying to look at this objectively and, and respectfully. Like, I just don't think I, I think they came out with Doom 2016 being a reboot. They knocked it out of the park, and I think 
people just felt confident right off the bat. There's not been too many other occasions where there's been a franchise that has gone like that has decided, okay, we're not going to just take a break. We're not going to stop for a while. We're going to continue this, but we're going to go over into a new dev team. You know, we're going to go over to like, someone else. Yeah, like, like Halo like, has Just stopped. like with Gears, like, you know? Yeah, exactly. So it's it's not had a, a, a time off. Doom like had Halo 12 was, years between you know, Doom 3 and 2016. Yeah, and I think the thing is, too, the difference is, the biggest difference is that when Halo was made in the Bungie era, it was made by people who were trying to make a video game. In this era... It's made by people who are Halo fans. It wasn't make made it by Halo fans. Yeah. But these are it's just like maybe someone trying to make a Star Wars movie now. And when George Lucas made them, he was trying to make a movie. A George Lucas when, movie. Yeah. When someone makes it now, they're trying to make, you know, it's just like like with Rise of Skywalker, you know, just the sequel trilogy, you know, a lot of it, a lot of some of the, the flaws of it is that it tried to pander a lot to, you know, the nostalgia aspect. For better or for worse. Different story, different time. But that being said, it's just a different environment that we live in now and people want people are constantly chasing the magic with these sequels with these franchises they're chasing we're, we're constantly chasing that yeah. feeling like you know that's the thing is that when i think about master chief collection i think about halo 5 i have memories that make me nostalgic now of sitting in the parking lot with you outside video games etc you and creighton i think about halo 5 i think about the beta experience we had i think about all these different aspects and those are nostalgic for me now and i think that's why i love halo i love the story and i love the multiplayer but when it comes down to it i love the memories that i curate mm -hmm. with my friends yeah. that I think about and we all want that and we're all it's a different time because we're all older now we don't have as much time as we used to have we all want our friends to all be online we want our old all our old friends to get back online the friend that we said hey we'll see you tomorrow and they the last online nine years ago we want that person to hop back on we want everyone to come together and play that but I will say I think the coolest thing about this is that you know even if there is a delay and this doesn't come out until next year. Internally, I'm I I know we're gonna be okay. And this sounds this is gonna sound very cheesy, but I know you'll agree with me. Now that we're at the point, like you guys have been so great in the Discord and just in general on Twitter, uh, and just it just meant so much to Brian and I and being able to play with some of you that one night, um, a couple weeks back now, just kind of reinforced for me that like, even if there is a delay and we really don't get to play Halo Infinite this year, there's just a whole new way for Brian and I to kind of experience Halo now doing all of this stuff. And I think it's just going to get us all through whether we're interacting just via discord, Twitter, or, or whether we're actually just now all playing together on Master Chief yeah, like, Collection. I like what Halo you're saying 5. there, Josh, because what it is, is like Halo's, Halo's here now. You know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. it doesn't arrive with Infinite. And you, you know it, it's it's here, it's here absolutely it's here now and and it's uh it was here now before five and it was here now before Halo two it was um, the community's here the multiplayer's here there's there's mm -hmm. there is newer things like uh you know MCC patches or Reach being added and uh, Halo Wars two is only a couple years you know three years old now and stuff like that uh, so there is newer things there's books and all that but uh, Halo's here it's here now and the community's here now and uh, um. When Infinite comes out, that game is going to become old also. Infinite's going to be one, two, three, four, five years old. It's going to be two, three games past at some point. And I think that brings that brings us really good into the uh, the next topic of this. So we, the thing we were initially going to hit off on, we still haven't got to, is um, what if Halo Infinite's not good? 
what if Halo Infinite comes out? We're both smiling as he says yeah, this. Yeah, <laughs> because we just think this is a really interesting topic. Um, and, you know, we're, we're optimists here at Sacred Icon Halo, but and this might sound pessimistic, but we, we have an optimistic uh, spin on it. But um, what if Halo Infinite comes out and it's not good? Now, for the sake of conversation, what I mean by it's not good is, as a whole, the fan base does not like it or they are upset with it. As a whole, it doesn't do well for the franchise, whether that's uh, sales numbers, whether that's critically. What if Halo Infinite isn't good? Um, first off, Josh, before I get to the next, what would for you, Josh, not the community, just for Josh, let's say Halo Infinite, it's not very good. You don't really like it. It's, uh, you know, it's how you felt when Halo 5, you played Halo 5 story. Maybe it's worse. Maybe it's got a better story than five but the multiplayer isn't even fun to you maybe it's it lacks in that area what for you if it's not good josh what does that mean for you as a halo fan i probably just have to take a step back for a little bit like i know it and discuss it with friends try to get other people's impressions because oftentimes if i watch a movie and i I have my own feeling about it i'll go look up like rotten tomatoes i'll go look up what people's reviews are to try to get a different perception of, of what Different other people are feeling. Yes, other perspective. That's the word I'm looking for. Thank you. Of what other people are feeling. So I think if that happens with... I'm in a much better place with Halo Infinite than I was going into um, Halo 5 and even Halo 4. So I think I'm just going to be much more mature about it. And I'm just going to want to discuss it more. I, and Brian and I love... Uh, this is the thing too. And I know a lot of us are like this. And I'm sorry if this is a long answer. Please don't forget what you were going to say next. I'm, I remember. But I think we're all at a point in our lives where when we were younger, we used to just take stuff as it was. As we get older, we all become critics because we all just, uh, you know, you and I, Brian, personally, love to just discuss things. You, If you and I love a film, and we're going to say Force Awakens, we love it, we will spend 95% of the time critiquing it, and the other 5%, maybe maybe it's wrong, but, but you yeah. know what I mean, we'll spend more of the percentage, a higher percentage, discussing uh, it objectively, critically, than we will just subjectively what we loved about it. And it's because we love it. Where our dads are like, yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but but I, that's where we're all kind of at. And it's just, I like the roundtable aspect. When I went and saw Endgame with a bunch of friends, and, and funny enough, I actually, we, we ran into Brian. I went, I went with my, my work buddies, and we run into Brian right before he's about to, to move out to where he is now, uh, which was so cool. Uh, afterward, we went out to eat at a restaurant, and we all literally sat at a roundtable and just sat there eating and, and talked about Endgame for an hour, yeah. and it was awesome. Yeah. I love those talks. So I'm going to want to do that It's just to get different That's a good example, too, because Endgame is one of those things where like I would just say, oh, Endgame is a fantastic movie. But I could sit here and critique all the things that could have been better or wrong with it, even though I think it's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. So I think in summary, it's the kind of thing where there's expectations and then there's taking it and accepting it and just enjoying it as it is. And sometimes that takes the the older we get, the harder that is to sort of get to that point. I had to do that with Mass Effect 1. I think it's a great game, but I had some expectations going in that weren't quite met that once I eventually got to a point where I was like, I got past that and just played it as it was, then I was like, this is a this is a good game. I was just hard on it because you know, there were aspects I saw that were cut that weren't in the final product. And now but as it is as a final product, it's good. So with Halo Infinite, uh, I mean, we're, we're going to talk more about this, but just to summarize, 
I think I'll be okay. I mean, we got the whole community. I think I'm just going to, I just feel like it's going to be next to impossible for me not to enjoy it. Even if everybody else says it's bad. Yeah. I feel like I'm going to personally be able to enjoy it. But if I don't, I just, I just think I'm going to be able to stay, to take a step back and come at it um, in a, in a more calmer mm-hmm. and more mature light in which I can take what's there internally usefully and and just sort of like i don't know if this makes sense but just sort of extrapolate it and just take it for what it is yeah and just get to a point where i enjoy it because now we're at a point where we can still i'm sorry i'm rambling i know but with halo 5 we're at a point where we can admit Yes, we don't enjoy the story, but we like the gameplay. Like, I love the clambering. I love the platforming that it sort of has going on. When you play, um, you know, the, the St. Helios level, it is so fun. That is going to go down as one of the most enjoyable Halo levels for me of all time. It would be in the top five. So there's going to be aspects to pull from it that we like. And it's just, it's, it's how do you zero in on that? And uh, how do you zero in on that and pull what you love in a way that starts to help you realize it? Okay, I, I do like the game. Maybe it's not what I wanted, but I still enjoy it. And that's where we got to with Halo 5 in a lot of ways. But, Brian, over to you yeah, because I can talk forever. Well, I think, uh, I think it depends on how much emotion you have riding on it and how, how much uh, – uh, sometimes you put too much of yourself into something. You know, for me, uh, I put way too much of myself into Halo 5 before it came out. So, like, I was devastated when I played the story, just devastated. Um, but I haven't been like that since Halo 5 that was probably kind of where I changed I for no any game I've not I've not been like Doom Eternal could have been bad I wouldn't have been that upset I just you know Halo like I said Halo is already here for me it's here for me right now uh Halo 1 and 2 and 3 4 whatever you know 5's multiplayer those things are just as awesome right now as they were when they came out like I can go play Halo Halo 2 is my favorite I can go play Halo 2 right now Halo 2 is always going to be good so Halo is here for me Right now, if Halo 5 had been the conclusion to Halo and they never made another one, that would have been, in, for as a story, that would have been awful for me. That would have been a bad way to go out, but it wouldn't have affected my love for the prior Halos, so uh, it wouldn't matter. Um, it, it doesn't matter what they do with the story. They could even, even if they did something ridiculous, like retconned Halo 2 by some time travel in Halo Infinite, I'm just giving you something ridiculous. It wouldn't change what Halo 2 is to me. Halo 2 is already there. It's 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 made its it's mark in history. I'm always going to be a fan of it. I'm always going to be a fan of Halo. Um, so if Halo Infinite's bad, um, that's disappointing. That's lackluster. That it sucks to be wait so long and, and not get something great, but I'm still going to be the same level of Halo fan. And I know like Josh said, we're going to look for the good in it. I, I can't imagine they make a game where I don't find several good things in it, even if it was bad. Um, yeah, let but, me, Go ahead. Yeah, I, I just talk forever. I'll, I'll I mean, just just ultimately, uh, if Halo Infinite is bad, I, I think you know. And we're, right now, we're talking about what that means for us. My next question after me and Josh are done is going to be, what does that mean for Halo in general? Um, but uh, if it's bad, that's unfortunate. But it doesn't matter, guys. We're still going to be here doing Sacred Icon Halo. We're still going to be doing the Discord. We're still going to be loving. Yeah, Halo. we're going to find the good in it. Yeah, don't matter. And, uh, it still matters. And, and that's just putting it simply. But okay, let me let me just give you a little little bit better answer because uh, I, I went on a rant and I, I know I will say just I understand that people 
it's hard with Halo, kind of like you said earlier, because everyone wants something different out of Halo. People want an evolution. People want a classic. People want sprint. People don't want sprint. All these people want like a battle royale. Other people don't ever want that. You know, everyone wants something different from this. But if I personally am not finding myself enjoying it, that is going to be pretty tough. I'm not going to lie. Like the first week, especially, it's going to be tough because I know that I'm going to put so much hype into the multiplayer. I know that having done this with Brian, this podcast, everything we do on Twitter and Discord, and just have the, the, the sort of family that we've we've all built together, the community together at Sacred Icon. Like we're all Hello. running full speed towards infinite. Yeah, together. having this hype and and because okay, and I say this because like no I say this knowing that like I'm someone who, outside of Brian and, and, and my, you know, like Justin, his brother, uh, Brian's brother, and just maybe one or two other people, I don't know too too many other people like personally that I can like that are going to want to hop on Halo and play multiplayer with. So, but I have you guys now, which is amazing. But like, I I didn't have that as much. So, going into this and having it not be, if it's not, if I'm not enjoying it. It's going to be tough because then there's going to be people that are going to like, there's going to be people that love it. And then, then, and then I'm sitting there like, okay, like crap. Like, like when last Jedi came out and people, there were people like, this is my favorite Star Wars movie ever. And at first, even though I I love it now, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm having an identity crisis. I'm like, what is going on? Like, am I just, am I just, is it impossible now for me to like Star Wars movies? And then I saw Solo and I, of course I was like, no, 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 okay. And then I had to reassess myself. But, and that, that'll be the same thing with Infinite in this case, but it'll be hard, I think, and I've just said the multiplayer, but I think story-wise too, I think it'll be like, man, I, 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 there will be a part of me that will think, wow, they they dug themselves in a hole with five that they couldn't get out of. They couldn't do it. Yeah. And I'm just going to suck to think that we waited this long and we've gotten, what, five years, five, six years of waiting and going through the, the the ups and downs of wow they dug themselves into a hole and and then into well you know what so much has changed so much time has passed and then also like well well what if and you start getting that anxiety to wow they really they couldn't do it you know and it's that would be so deflating I think and I would really have to pull myself back but I think I think like just to, again just to wrap it up it would be tough for that first week or two but I think just knowing that we have the community now that we have I think uh, and just everyone writing it together I think we're all going to find what we like about it and I, I think it's going to be good but yeah. I think it's going to be yeah I, have, I think you know, I have full I think, that, I, I think uh, you know even though I think Halo 4 I love Halo 4 and I like a lot about Halo 5 I feel like Infinite has this confidence about it, and they have the tenure they've had with Halo now, and the the, the design philosophies they're going with, and the way they're approaching Infinite. It feels to me like, how do I put this? I feel like Infinite will have the widest range of people of it being their favorite three four three game. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm not sa- I'm not saying that it will be better than Halo Four because some people Halo Four is like their favorite game of all time. I'm just saying that if you take all of the people who've played 343 Halos, I think Infinite's going to have, if it's a bar graph, the most yeah. people, Infinite's going to be the one they like. I think it's going to be designed much more yeah. to facilitate that. This, so I think it's going to be earlier. good. I have no doubt that it's going to be good. Um, I just know it's going to disappoint some, and it could be it could, it could could be not as good as we'd hoped. Um, but, Josh, more, more importantly, because you and I don't really count, count for what. I just want to say one last hey, thing. I'll, I'm going to keep it super short. But I will say, because you said it earlier, well, we both did, like, 
you know, with Doom, you know, with some other franchises they've had breaks in times. Halo hasn't really had that. This is really actually the one time we've ever had that with Halo. And Halo Wars 2 did come out in, what, 2017? But in terms of a mainland Halo game, this is about as, as, as big of a break that we've ever gotten for Halo. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, it's the closest. Uh, like, this I, could I said, be, Halo Infinite could be the the Doom 2016. Well, and that's the thing, and it, I kind of, that's, you know, if you look at everything they're doing, it's all, it's good, because it's not called Halo 6, even though me and Josh initially were like, we'd like it to be called 6. Halo Infinite has that very, you know, when you call something Halo Infinite, or you call something Doom Eternal, or just Doom, like Doom 2016, it has this very fresh vibe to it, this very, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't, the name doesn't carry baggage like six does um so with that and the new gar- graphical style and the simplicity of like you know chief floating in space and there's this pilot and uh you know the classic music and and all this stuff it's got this very simplistic in a good way it, it's got it, it looks like it could act as a springboard for a new a new base going forward much like doom 2016 was um but you know what gets your question what oh, yeah sorry. what 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 Josh and I think ultimately don't count for much uh, in the grand scheme of things. So, you know, the question now, Josh, is what does it do for to Halo if Halo Infinite isn't good? Once again, when I say isn't good, that's an objective thing. That's not just some of us on Twitter are pissed. I'm saying collectively in the gaming industry, people just kind of play Infinite. I and think Halo is going to be done for a while, and that it'll need to be. Like I think, I think this if this doesn't land, and if it's bad. I think it's going to be a killing blow. I don't mean forever, but I mean I mean in a way that it's never going to reach any kind of level that it ever, ever could have. And I just, like, it'll never get back to even what maybe we might have had with Halo 5. Like, I think it'll be a, a momentum killer that just stays, and it'll just become more associated with Halo's not good, Halo's always disappointing, rather than Halo's good. You know, like, I put it this way. A lot of us, we love the 343 stuff for sure, but people got more, their first introductions to Halo were more with uh, the Bungie era. Now, we do have 343 people that you know kind of got in with Halo 4, but I think those critics on the internet will start to look at it and just say Halo's dead. Like they've said before with yeah. every Halo game yeah. that comes out. I mean, it won't change. There's going to be that regardless, even if it's a 10 out of 10 game. But I think those people will really sort of... Um, I don't want to use the, the word on the show, but they will more or less sort of congregate and uh, just begin a hate train of, of, of it and, and really, really double down on hating it because it'll feel like Halo was good in the rearview mirror, but it's just not mm-hmm. anymore and nobody can make a good Halo game. I think that'll be where people start looking at it like, you know what I mean? Do you know what, yeah. you know what I'm saying? I, I I feel like basically it'll be, it'll have dug itself into a hole that it just can't climb out of. I feel like that's how people will look at it. Well, the positive thing is we've seen it in the gaming industry before. Um, a gaming franchise sucks until it doesn't. That's that's all it is. It, it sucks Absolutely. until it doesn't. Yeah. Uh, Resident Evil, and I'm, I'm not, I, I like Resident Evil. I'm a fan, but I'm not like a super fan. So if you feel attacked by me bringing that up, I apologize. I, I just, attacked. Uh, sorry, Josh. Uh, I apologize. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, but, you know, my understanding of Resident Evil franchise is uh, a lot of fans of it. Four came out, brought a lot of new people in because it was different in game, and it was a breakthrough in gaming. Some people were a little upset because four was less horror esque, but ultimately it seemed like everyone at, at four was pretty happy. Five came out, started going a little bit of a different direction, kind of action heavy. 
um, you know, stuff like that. Okay, you know, it's losing a little traction. Six comes out, devastating blow. People start to look back at, because apparently six wasn't that great. Uh, people look at six, they're disappointed. They weren't that happy with five. Four was already kind of moving away from the roots of the franchise. You know, Resident Evil was not in a very good position when six came out. And then what did the team do? They kind of like went back to the drawing board and then they ended up coming yep, out with Resident Evil 7 Biohazard, which was a first person uh, Resident Evil, the first first person uh, Resident Evil. And it had this very scary vibe and it was just different. And it was, uh, I mean, I don't know if it was lower budget, but I get the vibe that it was lower than some of the other Resident Evil's budgets. It seemed very more like they honed it yeah, in. I don't personally know. Uh, but 7 kind of brought it back. Like 7 made, oh wow, Resident Evil's good again. And then now they've put out like the remasters and stuff and um, it's, it's, it's done very well. So mm-hmm. if Halo Infinite was bad and let's say like Josh said it kind of kills the series for a bit all it takes for a franchise not to suck anymore is a game that's good um so if infinite sucked and and the series went on a hiatus for eight years um they bring out either uh another halo sequel or a a halo reboot or who knows what that that really is good um people are going to come flocking back to it and there of course there's going to be the fans who were there the whole time and never quit but there's going to be people who like oh yeah i remember you know, I remember when I was 17, I played Halo 3. I'm 45 now, whatever. And uh, this is just like I remember it. I remember telling their kids, like, this is the kind of Halo I played back in high school. You know, uh, yeah. it sucks until it doesn't. So there's that. Um, as far as what it means, though, like, if Halo Infinite's bad, I think it, I think uh, because of the nature of Halo being associated with Xbox and 343 Industries being created to make Halo and 343 Industries being owned by Microsoft, um as long as Infinite makes a lot of money, I think now there might be there'll be some internal changes. I'm sure if the game is actually bad, but as long as Infinite makes good money, I think it'll still continue being three four three Industries makes another AAA game. Like I think that's what will continue to happen, even if Infinite's bad. I agree. Um, if Infinite's bad and it doesn't make much money, like they lose money or it's just they break even, like. I mean, if you get to the point where it's not, here's the thing. I think Halo is popular enough that it will make the money to be relevant enough, no matter what. Mm-hmm. But if Halo Infinite actually lost money, then that's where I see, you know, maybe the studio gets downscaled. Maybe, um, you know, there less money's put into the games. Maybe they put it on ice for a while. Maybe the next Halo after Infinite is a much smaller budget, maybe back to roots thing. They have to bring it back up. Now that's a dark, dark timeline that I don't see happening at all. Because even if Infinite, I don't think Infinite's going to be bad. I, I there's no. I would put all my money on Infinite's not a bad game. But if Infinite was bad, I still think it's going to make a lot of money, and things will continue on at three four three three Industries as the, as they are. Like like I said, there could be some internal changes. They might have to do look at some things and to see why is the series continuing to to falter here. But let ultimately, it ask you. it's going to be fine. Uh, let me cut in and ask you, because I, when, I, when I was answering, I spoke more just kind of about how a toxic fan base can be at times, just in general, like Star Wars, anything, you know. How do you think the reception, if it's bad, if it's not good, how do you think the fan base is going to handle that? Are you talking about like uh, like the insider fan base, kind of like we're on with Twitter or like just like mainstream? Just in general, mainstream more so. Because I feel like I feel like Twitter is a lot more positive. Yeah, I mean, there's there, there's negative people out there for sure, but you know, I, I mean, I just think more mainstream. I mean, here's this sounds this sounds dark, but here's the truth, man. For mainstream gaming audiences, if Infinite comes out and it's 
either bad or just average, I think the industry is going to collectively shrug their shoulders and move on, play another. Yeah, I was gonna, let, me, let me rephrase that. <laughs> if the Resetera group does not like Halo, oh, well, <laughs> how do you think they're going to take it? I mean, it? I use Resetera, and we've talked about this before. I mean, I think, I feel like Resetera often has a lot of negativity. I, I think they fixate a lot on the ne- uh, negative things more. So I think it would run it through the mud if it was bad. But obviously, Resetera is a very small percentage of people as well. Uh, sure. But I, I think I think what's in, not that your question wasn't good, but I, I think what's more important is that the, you know, the industry at large. And like I said, I think they just collectively shrug their shoulders because Halo's become this thing that. Uh, no, don't get me wrong. When when a Halo release is coming out, it does feel like an event. Even even five or four did. Um, but at in twenty twenty, Halo's become this thing. It's just it's just like a. It's part of the machine that is the gaming industry. Everyone expects a Halo to come out, and then it does, and then people move on. You know, they, people move on. They look to, towards the new experience, the the Cyberpunks, the Witcher 3s, whatever it is. Um, so if Infinite isn't special, if it isn't quite good, I think the, it's almost worse than if it's like... It, the place that Halo's in now, it's almost worse than if it was just... If the industry attacked it and called it awful, that would almost be better because it would it would bring more attention to it. But I really think where Halo's at in the industry right now, it's not as relevant as it used to be. People just shrug their shoulders and move on. I think that's it. Oh, I think you're uh, right. Another Halo. People will say, you know, even though me and Josh like Halo 4 and 5, the industry will just say, oh, another bad Halo. Big surprise. Move on. What's the next game coming out? That's it. Yeah, I agree. I think you make a really good point. Like, I think it could actually go one of two ways in that scenario because you have the general audience, then you have the sort of internal, like, fan base. And I think for the general audience, like you said, they would probably just shrug their shoulders and move on because Halo just isn't hasn't really been relevant for a while anyway. So for it to sort of miss the mark for them, for the most part, would be like, okay, well, you know, Halo Five wasn't, you know, we didn't like it too too much either. So okay, you know, we're just on on to the next thing, you know. But I think for the internal fan base, it'll hit a lot harder and it'll be it'll be tough because people have like people went through like I said, feeling disappointed with Halo Five story for so long. And then getting to a point where they, everyone's, for the most part, pretty hopeful and optimistic and excited for Infinite. And then if that doesn't land, that's just going to be such a buzzkill. If Halo 3 was a bad game, that would have been a colossal impact to the industry. It would have been talked about to this day. It would have been detrimental. Everyone was invested on that. Halo was gaming. In 2007. I wouldn't be surprised if there would have been a documentary for that. Oh, for like, sure, dude. It would have been like yeah. the Phantom Menace stuff that happened, you know, with yeah, people. For, it would have been that big if it was if it was quote-unquote bad. Uh, but it, but Halo Infinite, no. It's not like that now. It's not, it's not anywhere near as relevant. Well, and two, it's worth mentioning as well that, like you said, uh, it's Infinite. It's not Halo 6. And it makes me feel good about it. It makes me feel optimistic about it because just like Doom 2016 and Doom Eternal, there's sort of this, like, fresh layer yeah. put on it. Like, not they just called it a soft reboot. I feel like it, it all in terms of purposes, it is kind of a reboot for the series. I, I feel like it is too. I think Even it is too. Even if it continues too. the story, it's a reboot. Because I think, yeah. I think right now, it feels like, yeah, we're feeling like this is going to be a soft reboot. But I think, like we're seeing, I, I feel like we're getting this external vibe from it that it is. But I think once we get to see it and play it, we're going to have that internal feeling too. And I think the name is the biggest indication of the approach to that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just like Doom 2016, it wasn't 
they don't they didn't actually call it Doom 2016. It was just yeah. Doom. We just have to call it and then 2016 you had, because there's another yeah. game called Doom from 1993. Yeah, and then you have Doom Eternal. It's not Doom 2 because just like Brian said, so it's Doom Eternal. So then you don't have Halo 6. They don't necessarily want to... It'd probably be a lot harder to get people excited about a game that's called Halo 6 and then other people that are just casual gamers are like, I gotta play through five Halos to get exactly. to, to understand. And if Doom Eternal so was called call Doom Halo. 2, people would be like, I never played the first one. Exactly. So you get people who were like, hey, this is Halo Infinite. And they're like, Halo Infinite? Ooh. You know, and it's kind of a new thing. It's like a fresh coat of paint. But also, not, again, not just an external thing. This isn't just like putting a fresh suit on. Yeah. This is internally going in and like reworking who you are. So I think that's what they're trying to go for. So again, just to circle back around to, to I think what Brian and I are trying to get at is that I think there's obviously going to be uh, a, a sense of deflation if Halo Infinite isn't good, but I think uh, this is really like worst case scenario. This is like a really bad yeah. timeline. If this was Endgame, and Doctor, at all. I mean, yeah, if Doctor Strange is looking through all these different scenarios, I think there's only one bad scenario. Right, like, right. and I'm generalizing. Yeah. I think there's one bad scenario where it's yeah. not good. I think the rest of them are actually it's the opposite. I think it's where it's all those other ones are where it's you know you know what's interesting, Josh is uh what you know who I feel. Who I feel bad for the people, and the reason I'm saying I feel bad for these people is because I now am one of those people. Now I can I can sympathize with them. Every now and then something comes a lot something comes out that the world universally hates, and then there's that one guy who likes it. And lately, and this you know where I'm going with this. Lately for me, it's been Game of Thrones season eight, and people listening to this are probably going, "Don't tell me Brian likes it." I love it. I love Game of Thrones season eight. I think it's a good season. I don't think it's the best season. I don't think it was perfect. I think it was great. I think it was a great ending for the show. I love it. I'm very happy with it. I don't want it remade. I'm satisfied. Um, I think Seven was good, too. I think all of Game of Thrones was good. I think it was a great show. Um, and I can't, almost can never mention that without someone going, are you, they look stunned. They're like, are you, season eight was an atrocity, they'll say, you know. And uh, it kind of reminds me of like, um, I'm name dropping here. I'll have to tag her. Uh, Miss Red, I think her favorite Halo is five. I, I'm pretty sure she's made that evident. Like, she loves Halo 5. She's always saying positive things about Halo 5. And it's like, you look at Halo fans in general, even if they love the multiplayer, just because of that campaign, the story, Halo 5 gets dogged all the time as the bad Halo. They, you know, people talk about how much it sucks and all that. And then you have someone like Miss Red, who's Halo 5's her favorite. And it's like, how many people can she relate to on that? I, it doesn't feel like many. I, I don't meet anybody out there who's like, oh, I loved Season 8, and Game of Thrones Season 8 was the bomb and it's my favorite like i, I feel so alone in that and yeah it's uh, an unpopular opinion yeah it's both of them very unpopular opinion uh to the point where you know we josh and i are both guilty of this we get into the we get into like a debate a friendly debate and we'll go well you know you're in the minority in that right well we'll say that we're like you but you know you're in the minority it's almost like we're saying we have evidence to back up that you're probably wrong even though we're not you know you're <laughs> not wrong because like yeah. Things like that are subjective, and there is. But but if you take the community at large, you even go to Rotten Tomatoes. You look at like Game of Thrones. Every season's like straight fire, fresh tomato, fresh tomato. 90, 90, 90, 90. You get to the last season, you got some Rotten Tomatoes there. You have some like fifty, forty percent reviews for episodes. It just goes off the deep end. So I am very much alone in that. I mean, there's some people that agree with me, but I am in the minority. Um, Josh, uh, I know I can't remember specifically off the top of my head, but I know there's plenty of things that there was. T- that you've been in that before. And, and maybe well, the biggest thing is the prequels. The prequels. The Star Wars prequels. Well, I mean, that's the biggest thing. It's not thing. like that anymore. You know, and I, I couldn't, yeah, it's not anymore, but for the longest time, like. Josh was the, that guy who loved the prequels. <laughs> yeah, and it was like, I felt alone in that. Like, yeah, I had a couple friends that liked it, but it was like, I really couldn't just go out there, like Brian's saying, and post that and just say, you know what? I'm just going to say it. 
I like a prequel. Yeah. And just if have he said Revenge of the Sith was his favorite, people would be like, are you stupid? Like, they'd be mean. Yeah, they'd be like, George Lucas, you know, exploited my childhood, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. Like, And it's just like, no, 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 no. I'm not even going to get into that. But it's just like with Game of Thrones Season 8. Uh, you know, and people are just like, the heck, like, this ruined the show. And you know what? People are entitled to their own opinions. That is what's it great about having well subjective opinions. Yeah. And it, and it could have, yes, by all intents and purposes. But sometimes I think for Brian and I personally... Those things, those kind of statements are a bit extreme because I, when I know that I'm in the minority with something, there's a huge part of me and Brian too, that we have, we take a step back and we will have to try to look at it and try to understand why the heck people are feeling this way. Yeah. That's so different. Like, you know, because we do want to understand it, but at the, on, on the other end, at the same time, it kind of makes us double down and we're like, well, well we like this, you know, you almost want to go, but like you would watch like Brian, I think you watched um, Rise of Skywalker a couple times when you came out of the gate. I know your your, your opinions kind of gone up and down with that, but like when you came out of the gate, you were like, you know what, I really love this. And you were seeing me, who was like, man, what a you know, I wasn't feeling as good about it. A lot of other people, most people, just were not liking Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. And then you're like, I got to see this again. You go watch it a couple times, and you're you're really trying to like assess like, okay, yeah. I I love it. Why do I, am I wrong for loving it? Even though you know you're not, but you just you kind of go through that kind of like sense of identity trying to figure it out because he, yeah it sucks and and for those you know it goes without saying i can recall brian talking to me several times when season eight of game of thrones was was just airing its episodes and brian would be kind of critical and he would say well this was weird or that was yeah. weird but overall he still liked it yeah and yeah because like i said it's not perfect it had problems but yeah i think it, i think it's important yeah. like that if you're somebody who's in the vast minority it doesn't make your you unwarranted like if uh, if like and hopefully she doesn't mind me throwing her out there so much, but if like if Miss Red is uh, if her favorite Halo story in campaign is five, there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't make her stupid or wrong, um, and and it doesn't mean that I am more right to say that Halo two or three had a better story. Um, now people like vastly might agree with me more, and maybe like there's an argument to be made that like. Should 343 try to make their campaigns more like Halo 3 from now on or more like Halo 5? Obviously, for the series to to thrive and make money, it's a fact that they need to make their campaigns closer to 3 than 5. Like, that's that's an objective fact. But that doesn't mean that objectively 3 is better or that somebody who likes 5 better is wrong. Um, so so I, I feel for those people that, like, you know, I think Season eight's great of Game of Thrones— um, that's okay that I feel that way. I'm not wrong. Um, it would probably be if they continued to make, and I know Game of Thrones is done, but if they continued to make Game of Thrones content or a uh, prequel series that followed the same formula and beats of season eight, it wouldn't make sense uh, for that, the health of that, because it's obvious that the vast majority does not want that. Just like Star Wars, um, you don't want to. You don't want to imitate. You don't want to milk Rise of Skywalker ideas for the next ten years because you're gonna. It, it. The numbers show that didn't do as well for them. Doesn't mean people didn't love it. Because my dad thought it was a perfect ending to nine films. I've said that before. Yeah. You know, some people think that's crazy, but my dad loved it. But uh, they wouldn't want to milk those ideas going forward because it just wouldn't make sense for the property as a whole. But that doesn't make people who like it wrong. Um, I mentioned it was kind of interesting. Uh, I mentioned in a in a recent uh, Twitter post about this, about enjoying things you want to enjoy. And I mentioned a bunch of things people didn't like, like Rise of Skywalker and uh, Halo 5 and whatnot. And I mentioned that Josh's favorite show was Lost. Um, and I love Lost. Josh loves Lost. 
Uh, and a lot of people in the comments were like really shocked that I threw Lost in there with everything else because they're like, who says Lost is bad? In my opinion, I think Josh has seen it a bit, maybe not as much as me. In my opinion, I see people criticize Lost all the time for not answering enough questions or uh, or the ending, quote unquote, sucking really bad. Um, so I see Lost criticized quite a bit. Um, and I've seen people who say that's their favorite show get, get made fun of because of the criticisms. Uh, but I mean, I think everyone largely agrees that was a huge show and that it had many, many a great moment. Um, and Josh and I love it, them uh, wholly. But when you did you didn't you I mean have you seen that Josh over the years like people would give you crap for or give yeah some people I was gonna crap say just or? just I know we're digressing a bit here but but uh yeah I mean I I said this kind of in the comments but the the, the problem with loss is yes everything Brian mentioned like there were a lot of people who felt like it didn't answer everyone was left with still they still were left with questions and people felt a lot of people felt like the ending wasn't good personally I loved the ending I was almost one hundred percent satisfied with it. And I didn't need every question answered. They had an, a 10-minute epilogue that answered actually a couple questions that I thought was cool. you know. And, and I loved that. And it's my favorite show. But the issue with that and what Brian was trying to say, too, was that Lost came just as the golden age of television was beginning. We are in an entirely new format. And, and we consume content entirely different than we did back in 2010 and before that. Lost started in 2004, it ended in 2010. Lost was one of the first shows that really sort of brought together people on message boards talking after every episode, what do you think is gonna happen next? Or what was that? And trying to theorize and speculate. And that's such a common thing now, but that was new. It was just breaking one of the ground. shows where it was breaking new ground. But then after that, as that show was ending, you had Game of Thrones start in 2011. You had Parks and Rec starting to really hit its stride. You had The Office having Steve Carell go out and starting to go out on its I own. I haven't watched it, but you like had other shows. Empire, I think, yeah. stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. You, had, you had Netflix starting to come out with originals, like in 2012, I think, with House of Cards that sort of kicked, kicking off other originals. Then you had Hulu starting to do it. Amazon starting to do it. And we're just at a point now where it's just completely different. Lost was so ahead of now that, time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... What it comes down to is just the fact that a lot of these things, you know, like, and, and feel free to cut in, Brian, because I'm probably I might be going over some of the stuff, uh, maybe something you were trying to get at, but it's just fun to love what you love. Like, it's just fun to. It's entertainment. Enjoy. There's no like, reason for, not to love. You know what? what? You love. <laughs> yeah, and just just know, guys. I mean, it goes without saying. If you're listening to this, you already know because you're probably in the Discord or you're at least interacting with us on Twitter. But like. You can have an unpopular opinion about something, you know, in, in terms of like media and stuff. And it's okay. It's okay. Like you're totally welcome to have that. And Brian and I personally, and, and most people in our community, no one, no one's going to, no one's going to hate you for that. If anything, like Brian and I specifically, well, how I know, can we take this, like, how can we take this forward with infinite Josh? Cause that's kind of where I was going to segue this, yeah, uh, segue this absolutely. in. Uh, um, now rather than my voice was so high. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Let's do it, man. <laughs> Yeah, man. Uh, rather than jump the jump to the extreme, which is you know Halo Infinite could suck. Let's just say this: uh, before Halo Infinite comes out, we're gonna see uh, they're gonna reveal things before the game comes out, like if it has sprint or not, if it has armor abilities or not, if it's open world design or not. Yes, that that was something. I yeah, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. I'll, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll get I'm you, you get off you. so much. No, it's cool, dude. I'm no, so sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm so passionate. Glad to be <laughs> I'm so glad to be back. Uh, it feels good. Uh, feels real good. Um, I've missed this. So, rather than just, like, let's say, like, I was mentioning, like, uh, Mr. Red's favorite game is Halo 5, um, mm -hmm. and that's completely warranted and great. Rather than just say Infinite could suck and someone would like it, I'll say when it's inevitably revealed that 
Halo Infinite does or does not have Sprint, does or does not have open world design, you're going to see the Twitter, you're going to see Halo Waypoint, you're going to see Resetera, you're going to see all these forums and stuff where you're going to see the people who hate that get very loud. They're going to say, mm-hmm. and, and some people will say hateful things. You know, they're going to confirm Sprint's and in Infinite. Someone's going to say, if you're someone who wanted Sprint and in Infinite, you're effing stupid. You're an idiot. Or if uh, Sprint's not in and it's it's back to classic gameplay. You're going to see someone who said, oh, all you pansies who cried about Sprint got your way, and now the, the game is de-evolving. It's not progressing. You're going to see all this. You're going to see name-calling. You're going to see people upset. Someone's going to say they're not going to buy the game anymore. Likely, they probably still will. <laughs> um, but so instead of that, why don't we just get excited that the other part side's happy? Like, I love that Mr. Red loves Halo 5. I love it. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I, I, if it's your favorite, I don't know if it's your favorite game of all time, but if it is, that's so cool. It's your favorite Halo. I'm so glad. Halo, I love like, so much. I wouldn't that get Star rid Wars... of Halo Five now. I wouldn't erase it because of people. Like, first of all, I found things I love about it, but I wouldn't erase yeah. it because people like her. It's her favorite. So it's that's awesome. Yeah. So if Infinite comes out and like Josh, like Josh said, if it's if it's completely classic gameplay again, it removes all the abilities, all the clamber, all the sprint. Josh can be pretty disappointed because he he grew accustomed to that. Um, but he's still gonna be like. That's cool that these you know classic fans they're going to get to enjoy that. So um, whether something comes out in that game you don't like, or Infinite as a whole isn't good, um, there's going to be people it's their favorite. It's inevitable. So that's cool. That's cool. It's going to bring new people in that way too. It's going to have people you know. Yeah, and I I, I just got to say too because it's something I've been wanting to get at. Like obviously with Halo, everyone wants something different out of it, right? You know, some people want classic. Some people want like the content, you know, the evolution of that. There's people who like want the nostalgic feel. There's there's people like me and I know you by extension, Brian, have also said, tell us, give us the story you guys want to tell. Yeah. Don't don't give me what we want. That's something we got with the sequel trilogy. We got what they thought a lot of people wanted, and people love that. And and I love, even though I I love the trilogy, I know I have more issues with it than I than I can say I love it, but I still love it. And I'm so happy for the people that are like these are you know this movie or that one. Like you, Force Awakens is your favorite Star Wars film. And there's kids out there who are growing up with that. That's their Star Wars. I love that. These characters are important. They deserve to have their place. It's just as much as the other ones. So when it comes to Halo, you know, guys, people have worked on this so hard and people, and we're going through such a weird time in our lives right now. And it, it, it's not something we have to do, but I honestly think that if it gets to a point when this game comes out, and even if it's amazing, even if it's a 10 out of 10 game, if there's, if there's, Let's let's just say it's a nine out of ten game, but and there's something that's just holding it back. Maybe there's you know just like the revive system in the campaign. Let's just say there's something like that, yeah. and people hate it, okay? And people are online just really bashing it. You know, as people like us who have just been so supportive of Halo, we love Halo. I mean, personally, I'm gonna, and I think a lot of people should really, really take the people like Jeff Easterling and other people that are at three four three and let them know, like, hey, you guys did a really great job because these guys have been going through so much trying to make the best possible game and do the best they can with Halo. They love what they're doing. Doesn't it suck and when they bring out a job. patch that fixed like thirty things and then and then someone just comments like twenty minutes after the patch goes live and they're like, yeah. The color black doesn't work when I customize my armor. Yeah. LOL, 343 broke everything. It's like... 
Yeah, they like you, you have to remember that this is this is a team effort. Like you guys, I mean, we really have to look at it like this. This is a team effort. This is them making a product, curating a product for us to consume. And yes, we are paying money for that. But at the same time, it's good to give back and say, hey, thank you. You know, you don't want to bite the hand that feeds. What, what point is it to look a gift horse in the mouth and just be just say mean things because they're still going to be putting out other halos down the line. Yeah. Why give them stuff that, that, that and you and you may and, think and that feedback they can't use that's not useful and, and it's just mean. You may think that we're getting Halo Inf- like some people will go. Well, the reason we're getting Halo Infinite the way it is right now is because of how much we gave them negative feedback on Halo Five. Uh, yes and no. Yes, the the negative reception to Halo Five is what led to Halo Infinite being what it is. But they weren't they weren't looking for the people who were uh, calling out or yelling expletives and, and telling them they're stupid and saying exactly. you need to do this. They weren't looking at those people. They were looking at the constructive criticism because that's the exactly. only way we're going to get anywhere. And that's important. Like, obviously, they're going to, you know, I want them to give us a story that they want to give and not just based, like, some kind of fan fiction thing. You know what I mean? We don't, I don't think anyone really wants that. Despite, like, selfishly, we all like, oh, we hope we see this or we hope Like, we I like Rise of Skywalker, or, but that seemed like kind of like a fan fiction way to take the story. It did. It did. And, and and I still it's still an awesome fun movie, but it, it does feel like that a bit. But like yes, I, I, I think it's our jobs to 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 give back and make sure these people know that like dude, we love playing your games. Like it like we you gotta remember these people working on it, there's they don't they probably do not ever hear back, whether it's Halo or any other franchise. How little imagine how little they probably hear back from people that say, Hey, this game got me through a rough time, or hey, yeah. Dude, I love this game. Imagine the guy. Imagine the guy who went through in Skyrim, and and did every single dungeon. Imagine how little he's probably heard back. Like, hey, those dungeons, man. Yeah, right. I, love, I freaking love those dungeons in Skyrim. Imagine how great that would probably be to hear. That's something we could definitely do going forward with that because it's a team effort, and you want to make sure that you just it's 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 a whole this is a whole new experience we've had such a gap in time for halo i want to get back just as much as i feel like i'm going to get out of infinite i really really do and i know that sounds cheesy but that's important because this is just such a weird time it's it's a it's a new console launch and they're trying they they took a huge hit with halo 5 right you know i mean they you cut in, yeah, Brian, you, but I just want you, to say, like, you, you're with me on this, right? Yeah, you, and you said, you said, um, you know, everybody wants different things out of Halo, and that, you know, how we, we want 343 just to do what they want with the game. We want them to give us their story and everything like that. A good example of that is no one, when they completed Halo Combat Evolved, said, you know what, I really like the second game to have me spending half the game playing as an elite uh, called the Arbiter. Uh, I wouldn't, you know... That game, like, I know we people still give crap about the, the cliffhanger ending, but ultimately, people look back on Halo 2 very fondly. They think it's an awesome game. They think Arbiter's an awesome character. Yeah. You know, the the twists and turns of the, the grave mind. People, pe- nobody was asking for that at the end of, you know, I, I can only, I wasn't around on the message boards for, you know, after 2001's Combat Evolved, but I can only imagine the things people expected for the next game. Maybe they were, maybe they were just hope, you know, oh, I hope the next Halo ring's really cool. I wonder if the Flood... You know, what the flood on the next Halo... Like, they might have had a really narrow scope of what Halo 2 was going to be like. Maybe it was just Master Chief mm-hmm. on another Halo ring doing the same exactly. stuff. But they didn't do that at all. Like, you, you play Halo 2 and you're like, whoa, I'm, I'm on Earth and then I'm on Halo and then uh, I'm on this triangular ship chasing truth and I'm playing as an elite. And it's like, you know, so it, it giving, you know, just... just uh, It's a good thing that we don't... Uh, when, when people can develop what they're passionate about and tell their own stories... Um, it gives us something really unique 
And then when you put when you and I don't know why, like I, I'm sorry if <laughs> I'm dogging a movie you love too much, but not you, Josh, but the the fans or you know the people listening, because uh, I like Rise of Skywalker, but Rise of Skywalker, you, you didn't really, uh, it doesn't seem very original. You know, it feels very, um, you know, like Josh said, it uh, kind of fan fictiony. It feels like they took some ideas that people would have came up with in their heads for a sequel and then and, and put it to work, and that doesn't make it bad. It just means. It's just, uh, you know, like The Last Jedi, I think we'd agree, it seemed much more original, despite it not being people's favorite either, or some people it is their favorite. Uh, so I, I just think there's uh, something very, it feels like you get, like playing Halo 1 and then also Halo 2, it felt like you get to be, play in this new world. You get to experience this thing that's out of your brain. Um, but then you play, you watch something like Rise of Skywalker and it feels like, this isn't, this is something that was in my brain. This is something I could have seen happening, you know? It wasn't... Uh, you know, I feel like I'm kind of rambling now, but you get the point. No, 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 you're good. No, I just want to say, I, I, I think just to kind of extrapolate uh, what what Brian's saying, and to, to in addition to it, you know, if you're just just for an example, if you're someone right now listening to this who sort of has a make or break desire for Halo Infinite. You know, this kind of what I'm about to say just really uh, applies to you, and I just want you to just try to keep an open mind with this. Because I'm, I'm going to use me as an example. Now, someone like me, when it comes to Star Wars, there is a lot of people within Star Wars, when before we went into Force Awakens, who really missed the original trilogy feeling. They really wanted that vibe back. They wanted that feeling back. They wanted the practical effects. They wanted that kind of storytelling. And then when it overall in that sequel trilogy, whether you love it or you hate it, Yes, there's good and bad aspects about it, but for the most part, it borrowed a lot on nostalgia, and it wasn't super original. So that being said, when it comes to Halo, I think this is the kind of thing where it's like being in a box, and if if you just if you get disappointed by everything that's not what you want. You know, you're putting yourself in that box and you're never getting out of it. So it helps to have people give us media that we don't know that we want. Because like Brian said, none of us would have thought that we were going to want to play as an arbiter or uh, an elite after playing through Halo 1. But we love it. We didn't know we'd like Gravemind. We didn't think we'd care about a Flood character. We do, you know, in a sense. So if you just if you're just always wanting you know, if you're keeping yourself in your head, you're limiting yourself in, in, in terms of what you can enjoy and what you want. A lot of times that's what fandom is. Fandom is limiting. Exactly. You know, so like as much as it's it's a risk, it's better to take that risk because it just creates this 50% chance that things could go really good. Whereas if you don't take that risk and you just stick to what you know and what you hope they expand upon or maybe some weird crazy thing and you don't get it, then you're just always going to stay there in that box and you're never going to get out of it. But you might get out of that box and think, holy crap, there might be something infinite that you're like, dude, I never saw this coming and I love it. So it's just, if you're that kind of person who, who just has this sort of make or break thing that you want infinite and if it's not there, you're really going to have a hard time with it. Just I sort of challenge you respectfully to just sort of try to keep an open mind with it because it helps to just have, to be given things we didn't know we want, you know? Yeah, I, I, there's so many games that I've. I mean, Brian, you can say this too, because uh, I know you can 
pick several and, and same with movies. There's so many times I've played video games I didn't know I was going to fall in love with and I freaking loved in movies I saw that I didn't think I was going to give a darn about and I love I mean, yeah, the big one for you me. You don't know until you experience it. The big one it. for me was uh, the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Um, yeah. I bought that game 2006, so I was like a year old at that point. I thought it was garbage. Like, I literally thought, I didn't even think it was just a game I didn't like. I thought it was just, like, bad. I thought it was a bad I thought it sucked. I, I didn't enjoy it. And then I just kept seeing people praise it. I saw the reviews. I'm like, people were talking about it like the greatest game ever made. I played it again, like a year later. Didn't like it. Two years later, didn't like it. I'm just like, and then finally the Skyrim hype was building. And everyone, their mother was talking about Skyrim, and I thought, and I looked at the Skyrim, I saw like the the gameplay footage of uh, somebody, wa- the giants and the mammoths walking by, and I'm like, this, I'm like Skyrim looks amazing, and everyone's talking about how Elder Scrolls is great. I was like, I really, got, I got to try Oblivion, so I set my TV up in the living room with my brother. My brother was playing his like fourth millionth playthrough of Oblivion. It's his favorite game of all time. And he was playing Oblivion on one TV, and then I was like, how about this? Let me set up my TV next to yours, and I'll bring my Xbox down. I'll start Oblivion. You just tell me how to spec my character, tell me where to go, what quest to do, give me advice, blah, 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 blah. Just kind of guide me. You know, normally I wouldn't want to be guided like that because I want to have my own experience, but I didn't like this game. I've tried several times, so I was, I was hopeless. I was like, this is, you know, give me, help me to like this game. And he did. He helped me spec my character, and I I did the the mainline quest right away, just the Oblivion Gate one, very typical. I, I got into the Dark Brotherhood, and it was just this moment, like hours in, probably at least 10 to 20 hours in, where suddenly it kind of clicked. I'm like, you know what? The combat is kind of janky. The characters do look, kind of, faces do kind of look weird, but there's so much Not character long. in it. <laughs> there's so much character in it, and, and the quest is like, you know, I played the Dark Brotherhood. I'm like, oh, Lucy and Lachance, they thought, no! He's no who done it. Oh no, you know, yeah, who done it? And like, yeah. you know, all these things, and like, just suddenly the game, like, the charm reeked through, and things were happening that, like, you know, I'm running through a forest, and and randomly this Argonian is walking behind me with a torch, and I turn around and I talk to him, and he's like, you know, have you ever seen a bunny in its natural habitat? I'm like, okay, like that's random. Like, there's this random Argonian in the middle of a forest with a torch. Do yourself a favor and stay off the road. Yeah, or like it's the... Daedra, you see. <laughs> or like the conversations that come up to, you know, guy would come up to their guy in the city. He's like, I've heard the peaches are good around this neighborhood. And the other person's like, if you don't want to die, lay next to a tree. Good day. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, they're like, hello. So much... Char- like, I heard Oblivion gates are opening up all around Sewerdale. Go away. Yeah. You know, it's so it's like, like the awkward dynamic. So suddenly Oblivion it, was fun. one of the best, like Oblivion's in my top five games of all time. And it's like, I and I guess I, I kept, I opened my mind to it. Like for me, you know, I uh, what I expected of a game, it, it had to be different. But once I like got out of that box that Josh was talking about, it became amazing. Um, but yeah, Josh. A good example for me is I didn't know with, with, I'll just say this to wrap up. I didn't, I tried to, to watch Blade Runner originally mm, a long same time here. ago. The very first one. And I just thought, Boring. I'd heard so many good things and people were hailing it. I knew it was a cult classic. But it seemed boring. And yeah. I could not get behind it. And I thought, man, I can watch. Mo- I, I watched a movie like Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy that I thought was just a slog to get through. I don't think it's a bad film. It was just a slog for me personally to get through. And I thought, okay, I can watch anything now. <laughs> and I watched that. I could not do it. And then one day, you know, maybe it just it was it took a different point in my life. And Brian was just like, do you want to watch this stuff? I'm like, you know what? I'm excited for cyberpunk. I love cyberpunk aesthetics. I didn't know that back then. I do yeah. now. Let's watch. And actually, we kind of I kind of did the same thing with you that I just described doing with Creighton. 
I kind of sat next to Josh and we watched Blade Runner and kind of guided him through it, like kind of like, oh, this thing right here, this is happening because of this, and oh, yeah, and, and this is a replicant and blah yeah. blah blah, yeah, and all that. And I kind of for- helped it. flush the world, put some structure around it, so then he could better enjoy it. Sometimes that's what it takes, having someone kind of you know quote unquote hold your hand through it. Um, but yeah. Josh, do you, we should, we got a couple uh, questions from our patrons. Oh, yeah. Before that, just to wrap up, just to summarize, it's just, I think it's just good to to keep an open mind with stuff because it's, it's hard. Like, I personally want an evolution of the, the Halo 5 multiplayer, but if it goes back to classic, I could still see myself loving it. But there might be things I'm disappointed with, but I just have to keep an open mind. And sometimes that's hard. Like for me personally, sometimes that's hard. But like if I just go in wanting 343 to give me what I'm hoping they'll do, then I'm, I'm really limiting the sort of glass ceiling for them that they can sort of like reach, you know. And I so I really want and just in general, but more applicable to Halo right now. And, and Brian's the same way. I want them to give us what they want because there's an it creates an opportunity to fall in love with something we just didn't know we could have. Like if they do give us a sort of classic halo feel with everything and they take out sprint, they do everything. Maybe there's still going to be something in there that we just did not see coming that catches us, catches us off guard. And that could be cool. You know, I just, I I, I love it. We're just such in such a rebooted culture that's playing on our nostalgia. And at first I think a lot of people were like, awesome and then now a lot of people are very fatigued on it and they're like there's no original content anymore it's it's so in the minority and i i, I really want the uh, i don't want reboots and, and and i still like remasters but i also i just want more of original stuff and we're not seeing that because that's not where the money is there's a lot more risk in that and people and from a business perspective are willing to take they're not, they're not as willing to take chances as they used to be and and they're they're more it's more common to just go with what they know they're going to make money off. Well, of. if you look at so, two of my favorite movies, two of my favorite movies of all time, uh, Mad Max Fury Road and Blade Runner 2049, both took yeah. huge risks and critically were acclaimed. And there's many fans of those films because they're very high quality films. Both of them didn't make much uh, much money at all. I mean, they were r- relatively were not worth making to the studio. They're so good uh, because they didn't make much. Um, I, I remember even the director of Blade Runner twenty forty nine, Denny How do you say his name? I can't say. We will Vel- never know. Velneuve. I don't know. I can't say it properly. <laughs> he uh, he pretty much admitted he was like the studio gave me triple A budget and I made a cult film. It'll never happen again. What he said with Blade Runner twenty forty nine because that yeah. that's, it's got a huge budget and it's amazing, but it just didn't uh, didn't bring in the audiences. So, but uh, to what Josh said, and then we'll move on is uh, mm-hmm. having an open mind never never hurt anybody. Like it never uh, never actually there's no negative to it. Uh, you can have an open mind and still not like something, but you can have an open mind and also like it. Um, so, yep. so Halo Infinite could very much be something that we didn't know we wanted. Like like for me, I don't I don't want Halo Infinite to be an open world game. I don't. I don't want it to have uh, light RPG stuff, and I don't want it to be like. Here's the thing that would get me pissed really quick: is if the the campaign was you had to be online to play the campaign. I would be it to myself. I would be furious. I would hate that. Um, but I'm still going to be open minded. You know, maybe even though it's online only and it's open world, that's not what I wanted from a Halo campaign. Maybe I have some really good experiences with friends and Josh and whatnot. So um, yeah, I'll still be open minded towards it. Josh, we have patron questions. Uh, I would love 
to hear them. Two. It has been so long since we've done this. So long. I miss them. Reunited. It's been a while. It feels, so, feels good. so good. Bum, 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 bum. Reunited and it's understood. Ooh. Mm, take it. Mm. Oh man, I, I don't know the rest of it, but <laughs> yeah, that's all you I need. really like this. Uh, so we got um, two patron questions. One from our boy Jondon Crimson Seraph. What up, Jondon Man, you're so cool. If you're listening to this, buddy, you oh, he's listening. So he's got to be listening. Discord. He's he's I know. he's our moderator in our Sacred Icon Halo Discord. I love Jondon so much. So funny too. It was great to actually get to play with him. I know when we did our community event, which guys, by the way, we need to we need to mention real quick. Uh, that was so much fun because uh, we. I think the last episode we recorded was before we had done probably. That. I think it's been that long. So we plan to do more of that stuff. Can't we wait need to, to do, do a new that. one? But quarantine that was so edition. Much fun. We do quarantine. Yes, um, quarantine edition. Yeah, Johnden strikes me like he's such a nice guy. He strikes me as the type of guy that like we could be in world-ending circumstances, and he has a loaf of bread and he's starving and he's like, "You want half of mine?" Like that's the kind of guy. <laughs> that's that's Johnden. <laughs> That's so wholesome. Uh, yeah, yeah. So Jonathan says, for the final week before the release of Halo Infinite, whenever that might be, what will you do to prepare physically for the gameplay, practice, set up purchases, etc., to prepare mentally for the story, listen to music, watch the previous game cutscenes, read books, etc., and to prepare socially for the release, work, family, etc. So basically, what are you gonna do physically? What are you gonna do mentally? What are you gonna do like? What are you gonna do, Brian? Okay, so here's for me. This is how I do it. Uh, before a new Halo game comes out, I play all the campaigns again. That's what I do. Um, I don't really, it doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be skulls. It doesn't have to be on a hard difficulty. No, I don't play Halo Wars, even though I like Halo Wars a lot. Uh, I don't need to play those in my playthrough. Maybe I'll feel like it, but probably not. I'm probably going to play the mainline ones. Um, I'll play those in order, not release order. I'll play them in uh, story order because, you know, a new one's coming out. That's how I want to experience it. Play through all those. Um, I'll, rec- I'll, uh, try to be off for that day at least, whether it's requesting a day off of work or, or something rather to have that time off, I'll get the game right when it comes out. Um, for me, I will start playing the campaign and I won't quit till it's done. I will stay up for seven, eight, nine, ten hours, whatever, until it's over with because I will be so hungry for that story. I want to know where the story goes. I will play it all the way through and then I'll sleep forever after that. Um, I will... You know, I will, and I say this kindly, and I'll kindly tell my wife way ahead of time, you know, when Halo comes out, this is what I'm doing. This is, you know, I'm not doing dishes. I ain't mowing the lawn. I ain't going to pick up my own laundry. That's why I'm, as I'm playing this game for this particular day or two, and then I'll come back to reality. That's what I'm going to do. So I'm going to leave reality. I'm going to play it all at once. Uh, I'll probably uh, have like all the best soda and snacks I can get, maybe some pizza. I don't know. That's pretty much what it is for me, Josh. What about you? What's your ritual like? What first of all, tell us what do you do you do you prepare yourself by reading books or playing games or listening to music? Do you do any of that? Yeah, not necessarily in that order or anything, but yes. Uh, one part of me is gonna actually like I I want to have I I'm gonna need to have like a weekly montage of me like listening to the Rocky soundtrack and like just training, getting hyped for this game to come out. Yeah. <laughs> and then the other part of me is like I'm gonna want to go if they if they do any kind of like making of documentary i'm going to rewatch those probably oh, yeah. like 10 times i'm going to want to be on the forums and the you know it's it's different now than it was then but this time like i'm going to want to be in the discord talking i should have said i want just, josh and i to be doing a podcast very close to the launch like i don't know how close but i would like us to like put an episode out the day of or the day before like yeah ramping up to it that'd be cool yeah, like I'm gonna honestly, I'm gonna want to probably be on with everybody on Xbox. Like literally, just having a game session, even if we're just 
goofing off and not really even just to experience around too much community. but honestly i'm gonna want to be in the community with everybody and literally like asking john and i'm gonna, gonna want to be asking everyone else like what's your favorite halo memory or what got you into halo like i just i'm gonna need to sort of live in that world like i'm like star wars as much as i love it, everything else is just not gonna matter i need to sort of live in halo i need to like circle that nostalgic trip i need to like hear about what people are looking forward to the most just i literally gonna need to just talk about it yeah I, I that's what i love to do i love to watch the making of stuff all the trailers and just sort of see what the hubbub is you know i love it yeah like that's that's what gets me excited that's what got me excited for halo 5 was really just like it'll take you days to be writing pain right because that's how you play i don't think so with halo infinite this time I, because with halo 5 i beat that pretty quickly but i remember with four well even four i beat pretty quickly but yeah it, it's it's different with halo that's okay. different yeah, so you'll, you'll, you'll still want to get that story beat pretty quick. Maybe not as quick as yeah. me, but pretty darn quick. Well, yeah, because you know what, dude? Like, as much as I am more of a multiplayer guy, I, I enjoy the multiplayer because I love the campaign yeah. stuff. The campaign so, like, gives I, you I, the I'm world gonna, that you play the multiplayer. In yeah, I'm gonna want to. I'm gonna enjoy the multiplayer ten times more when I when I beat the campaign. And plus, I'm just I'm gonna want to talk about it with Brian right away. Yep, I hear you, man. So. Yeah, that's a great question, dude. I love answering that question. <laughs> yes. Uh, then our next question is from Abu. Abu been uh, supporting us since the beginning, pretty much. Seems like it anyways. Love Abu. Uh, He's our boo. Great dude. He says, um, if we were to see Chief's face in Halo Infinite, what face actor would be the best fit for it? Considering that we already have the young John's perspective from Fall of Reach cartoon movie and the description from the Fall of Reach book. So we do have several different um, incarnations of seeing Chief's face already. We have... Him as a little kid, as a teenager, um, we have like his eyes from the end of Halo Four. He's been constructed in several different ways, um, but we've never flat out seen his face. Now the question isn't should they show his face because that, that's an argument people can have. The question is if they do show his face. He said, "What what act face actor would we like to have for him?" I'll answer first by saying I've always thought that a slightly reconfigured, just slightly modified Steve Downs would work for me. To be legit with you, nice. I think Steve Downs That's has cool. the face I can believe is Master Chief. When I say modified, you know, you can obviously it's mocap, so they can you know maybe change his hair color, change his hair a little bit, you know, maybe maybe they make this jaw. We give him hair. What's that? Maybe give him hair. Oh, is Steve Downs not have hair? No. Steve Downs? Is he? He doesn't have hair. <laughs> yeah. No. 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 Yeah. He's he doesn't have hair. Is he bald? Yeah, I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna. I, don't, I'm I think you're wrong, quickly. dude. I I think I'm right, but this is funny because uh, I feel like you're wrong. Quick. Josh is looking up. See. Steve Steve Downs has yeah, hair. Looking it up right now, dude. Steve Downs has hair. Well, you're insane. He's bald. Okay, he's bald now, but he did have. Oh, really? Like, like I'm just gonna show you real quick. Okay. Like, you can see some of the hair there. But oh, then, like, okay, yeah. Okay, Josh is right. My bad. Okay, well, no, 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 but but he okay, he so did have basically, so. Uh, well, that further adds to what I'm saying. So a slightly uh, altered uh, Steve Down. So maybe because you're probably gonna want Master Chief to have some hair. So if he doesn't have hair, give him some hair. Oh, I could see. Maybe that. change his. Uh, you know, he might. They might need to change like a chin line. Maybe uh, add a wrinkle, remove a wrinkle, put an eye, his eyes closer, yeah, further apart together. That's a good example right there. Yeah. So I could. We're, like, I'm showing Brian a photo right now where someone like just took his head, his face, and just photoshopped yeah. it on Chief. I could see it. So Steve Downs works for me. Um... If not Steve Downs, I really don't know, Josh. What do you think? Michael Fassbender. No. Yep. No. I'll, I'll tell you why. Michael Fassbender makes out actor. himself in Alien Covenant. 
you just can't get past that. Uh, I'll tell you why. He's, yes, he is my favorite actor. I got a man crush on that dude. But here's the thing. When we've seen John as a kid, you know, he's sort of like got freckles and, and, and red hair and stuff like that. Like Michael Fassbender has the same thing. And I think he's got a lot of range and depth. If we were ever to sort of see him behind the helmet, I feel like he could deliver in a way that I was like, I still connected to cheap because I think when I was a kid, Brian's rolling his eyes right now. But when I was a kid, I was among the people that were like, I hope we see Chief's face in Halo 3. I hope we see Chief's face in like This is why they don't show Chief's face because just two people are in this conversation and I am vehemently disagreeing with Josh. That's why they don't reveal his face because they'll they'll piss off so many people. it's, it's, It's definitely better they don't. But I mean like for me personally, I'm just subjectively, I think Fazbender would deliver in a way that wouldn't ruin the magic that I think is there with not seeing. I can't Chief's picture face. his voice coming out of Michael Fassbender. I'm not saying his, fo- his, well, his voice. his voice is going. I'm still saying. I mean, if you, they use his. Yeah, voice. I get, I get that, but I'm just well, not necessarily. I mean, they can. It's just like Mike Coulter. You know, they didn't go with his voice, but um, but they use his face. So I think it could be the. What same. if they use Gary Busey? Why you gotta? Why you gotta ask that question? Would you be okay with that? <laughs> No. Well, I was he was fine. Josh? He was fine promoting Saints Row. That was that worked. Can you imagine if it, we don't, if he took off his helmet and they actually mocap Trump's face? Oh my gosh, the outcry. Halo would be dead for real. <laughs> He's like, "Hello, I, I, you didn't know it was me." <laughs> <laughs> no response, Josh. <laughs> what, I got. What do nothing. you got for me, huh? Picture chief. Nothing on that. Picture Chief's voice coming out of those voluptuous butthole lips he has. Ugh. I'm just like, where? How, how did Chief get that tan? How, how orange tan? That? Yeah. The, how is he so orange? The suit. The suit has like orange lining in it that just you know. Uh, that's what you get from just being in that yeah. suit for so long. But anyways, guys, that was. That's a great question though. But that, that is blue. a good question because so, it's. I think everyone. I think every single person would have a different. Answer exactly. That's that. why they can't do it. But I think Steve Downs is great. I also think Mike Fassbender is great. Brian doesn't think so. But even though I appreciate you, know, I'm sure you I'm not agreeing with it. me on Steve Downs, I don't agree with you on Michael Fassbender. So, apologize for you being the better person. We 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 can't all can't all be right. So. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> so since we were yeah, so those were questions from our uh, five dollar. Patrons, if you are a five dollar patron, you can ask a uh, question on the show. Um, you're in our private uh, Discord where we talk about like uh, behind the scenes stuff, uh, show details. Um, so that was uh, Jondon and Abu at the five dollar tier. Um, well, uh, Abu's at the ten dollar tier actually. John is at the five. Uh, our boy Trevor Polky is at the five dollar tier. Thank you. Pokey, pokey. Um, and then all at the one dollar tier, guys. The one dollar tier, you get a shout out. Uh, we really appreciate it. You guys might think there's no point in a dollar, but it totally adds up. It is awesome. Uh, we have uh, uh, Jordan and Kirsty Shipley. Uh, thank you for that. The Shipley. We got Duststorm from Podtacular. Duststorm. We have Glass, who goes, his real name's Marcus, I believe, but he goes by Glass. Thank Marcus, you, dude. AKA Glass. Um, Justin Howard, who I still don't believe I've met, but he is Justin. He is a patron, and I Howard. support that. So uh, thank you so much for that. And Matthew Salvatore, the guy who's been here since literally the beginning. Matthew Salvatore. Hashtag who also sounds the, like uh, an accomplished Snyder author. Cut for him. Hashtag release the Snyder yes. Cut for our release the Snyder Cut. Matthew Salvatore. Yeah. So yeah, he's actually been a patron for four months. Oh, Matthew, months. by the way, if you're listening to this, real months, quick, dude, dude. I just, it's crazy. Yeah, it, it, real quick, uh, dude, I've just seen like uh, Aquaman and Shazam recently. I love those, dude. Oh, I Aquaman love Aquaman. Was, I, I do not like Shazam. Aquaman I don't was, like Shazam at all. I'm not an Amber Heard fan, but I love them. I do Shazam. I did not enjoy. Erica didn't either. We were like, ugh, no. 
I thought it was still fun. I, I, I think it, I, I think mean, it I gave was it a quality, like objectively, it was quality enough, but I just did not enjoy it. Yeah. Critically, yeah, I think it's a two out of five, but I think uh, I think it was fun. I love Zachary Levi. Reminds I me, love Zachary Levi. Guys, <laughs> if you watch, if you watch at least the first season of Chuck, that's Brian to a T. That's so that's Brian. Awesome. Like that's all the good virtues that 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 Chuck Bartowski has, that is so Brian. And so I I always associate Zachary that Levi. That is such with a compliment because Zachary Levi is, is amazing. He's an awesome guy. And I love Chuck. Chuck is an amazing series. Uh, Such a good I don't, show. It sucks I didn't like Shazam because I, I was rooting for him because I love I love me too. I just I didn't too. care for Shazam unfortunately. It, it, I, I think the, the the parts of the movie that weren't good it had nothing to do with no. It. I think he was. I mean, great. it was too corny for me. Like, it was intentionally corny, but it was just eh, I didn't feel it. I didn't feel Fair it. Enough. Man. Fair enough. But yeah, um, yeah. So Josh, I'm excited to see Birds of Prey. Before we wrap this, actually, let me get the business out of the way. We're gonna do the Patreon. So yeah, Patreon's a sacred icon. Patreon.com/slash/sacred-icon-halo. Boom, that's where you go if you want to support us financially in any way. Doesn't matter either way, guys. Discord, everyone's invited. There's a link at the top of the Twitter page, or you can just search Discord for Sacred Icon Halo. Everyone's invited to that. We have great conversation in there about anything and all things Halo and things not Halo. Um, uh, our Twitter is uh, Sacred Icon Halo. Uh, we post lots of questions there. Um, lots of lots of content on Twitter. The Twitter's, you know, we try to get podcasts out as frequently as we can, but the Twitter's got content daily. Um, so there's that. Uh, if you want to reach Josh, he's at Jovial Joshy. Uh, if you want to reach me, I'm at Brian's Bane. And to close this, Josh, hit me. No, don't hit me up. That's that's for a different thing. Uh, tell me of one of the most humiliating things that's ever happened to you. And if you need time to think, I can give you mine, but No, I remember I was on the school bus. Uh, no, actually, to, I was at lunch, and I had a, one of those big, giant, bulky lunch boxes in the 90s. And I had a one of those plastic Kool-Aid bottles, and I remember I didn't finish drinking all of it, and I didn't throw it away. And when I got on the bus, I sat it on my lap, and then when I stood up, I didn't realize it had leaked out and it had spilled all over my pants. And everyone laughed at me because they thought I peed my pants. What color was it? I went it? home and I cried. <laughs> Isn't it like red? <laughs> yeah, but I was, I mean, when you're wearing jeans, oh, it's, it's not going to show. Oh, so it looked like you peed you your know? pants. It looked like I peed my pants. And everyone was like laughing. And I remember you, I went home and I cried. And, oh, yeah. My face was Dude, red, kids are and, mean. Uh, kids are meaner than adults kids, a lot of Kids times. are mean. Yeah, but I was, you know what? I had moments too when I was a kid when I was a jerk. And so, I mean, it's it's not like, you know, I'm not going to throw a pee me, or something. I actually peed my pants, unfortunately. So, yeah. but uh, I've been there too. So, what about you, man? Uh, well, this isn't going to be news to you because I've told the story before, but give us a Brian story. I have to, uh, let me set the stage for you. Oh. So, guys, Christmas, it's a, it's a great time. Uh, it gets lots of gift cards. You know, gift cards are a thing. And this was back when I was 16, so I'm almost 28 now, so you figure about 12 years ago. I was the oldest of the the, the kids, quote-unquote, in the family, so I had a driver's license. And we all got gift cards to, you know, GameStop and uh, McDonald's and all these different things. So I took all of uh, my family members, like all the kids, grandkids, brothers, sisters, cousins, whatever. Uh, we all went on a shopping spree the day after Christmas, and we decided to go to McDonald's. Uh, because we had gift cards there, and I was in line at McDonald's, and I was looking at the menu, and my cousin was, I thought he was standing behind me. My cousin was wearing these light blue jeans, this black hoodie, and my cousin had his hoodie up, and he had some white tennis shoes. And it's, it's relevant what he was wearing, but I was ordering some food, and I was going to ask him what he wanted. I turned around, he wasn't there anymore. So I thought, okay, he probably went to go get a seat down, you know, somewhere in the dining area. So I went and washed, I wanted to wash my hands before I ate, so I went to the bathroom. Well, I walk into the bathroom, and right there at the urinal 
is what I think is my cousin. There, there's a guy, same height, uh, light blue jeans, uh, white tennis shoes, and a black hoodie. And, you know, so my cousin's at the urinal, and I do what any natural 16-year-old cousin would do. And I get up right behind this guy at the urinal, and I put my lips ever so softly right next to where his ear would be through the hoodie. And I whisper, let me see your wiener. <laughs> and then I start laughing hysterically, and I back away, and I start to wash my hands, and I hear nothing but silence. And I go, my cousin's name is Adam, and I go, Adam? And the dude turns around, and he goes, my name's not Adam. And I'm like, oh, dude, I am so sorry. Oh, my God. I am so sorry, dude. I, I, I thought you were my cousin. And the dude's probably thinking, why in the world would you ask your cousin that question? That doesn't make me feel any better about this situation. But it was the most embarrassing thing ever. I thought I was going to get beat because I just asked a random dude in a McDonald's bathroom if I could see his junk. It was an accident. I swear. I thought it was my cousin. Can you imagine that guy's perspective dude, of like living that story? Dude, he had some random to... little punk white kid whispering in his ear about wanting to see his junk. I, he should have popped me in the <laughs> face. But I was like, dude, I'm so sorry. He's like, it's cool. Whatever. And I came outside and his whole family was sitting behind where my family was sitting. I had to sit there. Hold on. I'm eating my fries. Like I'm covering my face, dude. I just want to go home. Oh, my gosh. The most craziest thing ever. And then later that day, I accidentally hopped in a minivan with an old lady and about gave her a heart attack. It was crazy. It was just a rough It was a rough time. <laughs> Weird day. Uh, you know what, dude? I got, I got a story, okay. too, and it's it's nowhere near as good as yours. But no, I, Mine's okay. Uh, you know, Whatever. Tompkins, you know, Jeff, he yeah, pointed yeah, yeah. out to me recently that, like, sometimes I've said things that in my head are good, but they don't really need to be said yet. Okay. And they come out as pretty rude. And one example was when we were at work one morning and we were leaving this one as we're going, we're about to go up the stairs and around the corner to punch out. Okay. And this older woman who's a bit, who's just a bit bigger and she's just coming down the stairs and we're standing there as we get to this, you know, we're getting to the bottom of the stairs. She's coming down and there's not enough room to go up. And so we're just standing there. And in my head, I thought, I felt kind of bad because I thought we're just standing there and my intentions were to let her know, like, you know, you know, don't rush or anything like that. Like, you know, I know you could see a bunch of like young dudes just standing here waiting for you, but like, please don't rush. But out loud, I just said, take your time. And it came oh, like very hurry up, you slow poke. Yeah, yeah. And it came. Yeah. And I he pointed that out to me after and I was like, oh, my God, you're right. I sounded like a yeah. dick. Like, take your time, I, lady. I, I, I got meant, all day. I meant well, but I'm like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, take your time. <laughs> I felt so bad, and I I thought about that? that since, and I'm like, wow. Don't you hate that. You have good intentions. It's just like when you accidentally do something wrong on the road, and someone honks at you, and they're probably yelling at you, and you're like, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. You know, it's like, but they're yelling at you, like thinking you're a flaming, you know, piece of crap. But yeah, you know what, dude? It just you just reminded me because with you know using your words poorly. This is just, I don't I don't think I've ever told you this story. It's not that great or anything, but. Okay, so you know when you're like a kid and you, you use a word for the first time because you want to use a new word and you don't really realize what it means? Yeah. Well, I was yes, absolutely. I was 13, dude, and I was and I was behind or like I, my parents put me to school young, so I was in 8th grade when I was 13. And there was this girl, we were outside gym class, and there was this girl uh being like mean to me or something and she this is relevant i'm not being crass she had a very big chest for a young girl uh, we, were, we were both 13 and i get she's being mean to me 
And so to just say a stupid kid thing and make a joke, not at all meaning what was about to come out of my mouth, I said, you're like Michael Jackson, you have implants. (laughs) (laughs) What? I said that to her. I'm like, you're just like Michael Jackson, you have implants. And what I meant was like, you know, because he like, he got all the reconstructive surgery and whatnot to his face or whatever. I just like was making a joke about how it wasn't even good. I was 13. I was an idiot. I have no idea what I was saying. I was like, I was talking about like, you know, her, she's got some, I don't know. She looks weird because she has, but what she thought and what makes sense because she's not as stupid as me is that I was saying she has giant boobs. Like I said, she had implants. She, I was literally caught in the middle of everyone in a gym class. I was telling her she had giant boobs. Oh man! So she was very upset, and not upset like um, like she was crying, like more like she hated me. Um, and so that was thirteen, dude. And for freaking, I was almost twenty, working. Uh, you know, what seven eight years later, and I was at a midnight launch. Okay, it was the midnight launch for Black Ops, Call of Duty Black Ops, and she was in line. With a with one of her guy friends who I was I was a friend slash acquaintance to this guy who was her friend. And I started talking to him in the line and she realized who I was and she like got the heck out of there. Like Aww. like and then and then I later found out from the guy she didn't want to be around me because I was the kid Aww. who said she had big boobs. And it's like I you know, I feel so bad because you know, I was just yeah. a stupid kid making a stupid comment. I never meant to like talk. I, w- I wasn't even thinking about her boobs. I was just like, I know, implant. I you know? get it. I get it. So I was just, I've done that so many times. Isn't it when crazy I was younger, though? Like I think about all the trash talking I used to do when I was on like Halo, literally Halo Two yeah. and Xbox Live and all the mean things I said. And I thought, and I think now I'm like, I still like to talk trash, but I'm like, I would never say the kind of thing well, I said back. Then. I'm just shocked what people remember. You know, I would never think that I would have to suffer being shunned by someone as an adult. Because of one-off stupid comment I made as a child, I didn't. You know. First impressions, yeah, it really sets it's rough, that, dude. Sets that stage. I mean, I'm not really even doesn't. saying she's wrong to feel that way. I just, uh, I guess, I would have thought she would either forgot about it. or I remember realize. one time, this lady, uh, it was, I think, it was like a telemarketer, and she calls, and I answer, and I'm like, and and when I was like reading something, and when I answered the phone, I just, I didn't say anything, and so there's like a couple seconds of silence, and then I realized. I'm on the phone with somebody and I'm, there's no voices and I just went, uh, hi. And, and she's like, uh, she starts laughing. <laughs> she started laughing at me. <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hello. Hello. And uh, she was like, yes. And then went on with the conversation. But it was just, I felt really awkward. And then like, there was one day this one dude uh, came to the door and was trying to like sell me something. And I remember for some reason I was so awkward and so nervous that I said like, I think four times I asked him, how you doing? <laughs> How you doing? Like, just How you doing? The conversation. I, was so I get that. And it's just, yeah, and it's just interacting with people. You cannot like when I was younger. When I was younger, I said, you know, I I, I got a lot of mean things said to me, and I said a lot of mean things back. And now I'm older. It's just awkward stuff now. Dude, I, I did the same <laughs> thing you did with the whole saying the same thing over and over again. I feel like such an idiot. And this was just like three years ago, so I feel even dumber because I was a full adult who was well aware. But I started going to a new church, and I really thought the pastor was cool. I liked him. Yeah, and uh his name was Brian. My name's Brian. So the first time I ever What's first that? time I ever went up to him to shake his hand, I said, you know, nice to meet you, Pastor Brian. I'm Brian. And I was like and he's like, Oh, well that works out. And I'm like, Do you spell it with an I or a Y? 
And he's like, and I, and I'm like, oh, that's unfortunate. Which, that's fine. That's I was a joke. It was fine. No big deal. Yeah. The next time I talk to him, I shake his hand and I ask him if he spells it with an I or a Y. Oh. <laughs> and I'm thinking, this pastor has to think I'm obsessed with spelling the name Brian. I just look like a buffoon. <laughs> you know, why did I say yeah. the same thing twice? I don't know. I, I just lost. I didn't know what to say. So I said the same thing again. I get it. So, yeah. I get it. At work last night, I was like, I was telling a friend, uh, telling a coworker, I was yeah, I was like, how's it going, man? He was like, oh, pretty good. How you doing? I was like, not too bad. I miss my bed, though. And he was like, I know. We all go. We all get that way sometimes. And <laughs> I remember thinking, as he was, he says it as he's walking away, and I'm like, I'm not saying I'm having a bad time. I'm having a good time. I'm all right. I'm just a little tired, you know, but it just came out like I'm not having a good night. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fun. It's, you, know, you know what's too weird, It's dude, so hard. Too, it's so what's hard. What's weird, like, this is on the same topic, but it's a little bit off. Uh, you remember, like, the things we, that, like, you would say, I don't know if it was because we were just because we were kids, or also maybe because it was the '90s or whatever. But the things you'd say as a kid that nowadays you look back and you go, "I would never." That's awful. I would never say that to someone. Like, mm-hmm. like, okay, I'm going to move away from this because this is actually really serious. But like, I don't know about you, but when I was in elementary school, all the kids called each other quote they called each other retarded, which is awful. Yeah. I would never do that now. Um, because it's a serious thing to call, but you just thought it was normal back then. Or you call your friend, oh, you're gay, or you're gay. You know, they'd say that. And um, I remember working with, in my very first job, I worked with this this uh, girl who she liked, her, her thing she liked to do for fun was barrel race, where you like raced a horse around barrels. And I just thought that barrel racing sounded like a funny country thing to do. I thought, oh, barrel racing, woo! You know, I thought it was so silly. So I would make fun of her for barrel racing. I reckon. Yeah, I'd make fun of her for barrel racing. And, like, at first she thought it was funny and, like, oh, he's just picking on me. But then it got to the point where, like, you know, months I'm still making fun of her for barrel racing. You could tell it affected her because it's something she's passionate about. And, I'm, yeah. and I, you know, I wasn't intending to be a dick at all. But I was. I very much was. And I I should – I know. I don't know if – I think I probably – it was a long time ago. I probably apologized to her. But it's like I look back on that and I'm like, why would I – why would I do that? That's such a mean thing. Like you know, I I know. And in I, the time I didn't know it, but just because you don't, just because you don't know it, doesn't excuse it either. You know, so you're still at fault. But it's unfortunate yeah. when you don't realize those things. So no, it is. I I it, the landscape is it, just it's totally different now. That's one of the good things that have come out of oh, like yeah. just time is just how much we've been made aware that like not just through through growing up and maturing, but just like some things are just not acceptable and like, they shouldn't be. Yeah, the, the, a lot of the things like we like I said earlier that I that just like you said. We said as when we were younger, we just don't say now. Remember when Black Eyed Peas came out with a hit song that was number one on the charts called Let's Get Retarded? And then the censored version was Let's Get It yeah. Started. But the actual version is Let's Get Retarded. That's not something that gets said right. around now. But that was a that was a hit song at the well, time. Well, I listened to... And, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Did I mean that no, no, no. That, I was going to say, well, I listened to Corn, uh, um, the band Corn, and they got some like early mm-hmm. 90s tracks where they make fun of... They use the word fag. And they make fun yeah. of them. I'm like, I don't think you get by with that, you know, with your with putting a new album out. No, now. it's not. Like, it's not acceptable. Um, I also, it, and it shouldn't be. It no, shouldn't it shouldn't be at all. all. I, here's an example, though. It's a generational thing too, where like, so I used to work for you guys. Those that don't know, before I worked at a hospital, I actually used to work at a gun company. I used to work at a gun manufacturer, and I worked across from this guy who was almost seventy, and he was a fan of the the show The Walking Dead, which coincidentally, my wife and I are watching it right now. We're we're going through it, and um, you know, no, it's not really not a spoiler, but apparently, two of the main characters—one was a white man and one was a black woman—and I'm just working across from this guy at work, 
And he's telling me, I asked him if there's any shows he likes. He says, oh, I really, I really used to love The Walking Dead. And you know where this is going. I really used to love The Walking Dead. He's like, but, you know, they, they just, you know, the show's just gone downhill. And when he said that, I thought, yeah, it really did. Because I watched it, too, and I thought, you know, I got bored of Walking Dead. Because it was the same thing over and over again. You know, they moved to this camp, moved to that camp. This person gets bit, blah, 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 blah. I got bored. So I, I, I figured I was on the same page as him. You know, yeah, you know, I did go downhill. He's like, he's like yeah, man, wait. He's like, when they just... You know, they started introducing them interracial couples. You know, that black, you know, black guy and a white girl. That's just or white guy and black. Girl, that's just not right. And I and I, I was shocked. I was shocked. I was like, what? Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm serious. I'm like, what is, what's uh, what's what's wrong with that? And he right. goes, I, it's just not right. And I'm like, okay. I was like, okay. I'm not. I was like, okay. I'm not offended. I, I'm talking. I don't I'm, know. That I was like, guy. I'm telling you, I'm not offended, but I'm just legitimately curious. Like, help me to understand what's wrong with that. And he's like, it. I, I don't know what to tell you. I just can't tell. I'm just telling you. He has nothing. He has yeah. nothing because it's insane. It, it's it's he. he it's, there's nothing wrong with that. He's gr- what's that? No, I just said there's nothing wrong with that, and that's that's the thing. Is he? Oh yeah, there's nothing wrong. Yeah, I thought. Oh yeah, yeah. He he doesn't like. No, he doesn't like it. But see, he was the way you know his uh, his generation and culture and how he's raised. uh, You know, then again, I still it's find it hard to imagine that you know that was acceptable. I mean, it just should not ever be acceptable. It never was, but you know, for a time, people could get by with saying that and not be called out for it. Yeah. Uh, But just the fact he thinks like that, it's just such a a weird way of looking. I was generally shocked. I'm just like, doesn't even make. And I'm just like, how you know, like. There's just two people, you know. I watch, you know, I don't know if anybody listening to this are like wrestling fans, but when I look back to, I, I watch some of the old like Attitude Era stuff and a lot of the content that's there and just the stuff that's said sometimes is just stuff that would not at all fly today. And it shouldn't, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's crazy how much it's changed, yeah. you know, in, in that amount of time, in the last like 20 years. It's crazy. Like that's the, like I said, that's the one good thing I think that's gotten better is like things, some of these things shouldn't be acceptable at all like the only things i think that that gets annoying with some of this stuff is that it does suck when sometimes like you can't uh, you get called out on something you didn't people mean. get well, yeah you get called out on something you didn't mean and people do get offended a little too easily at times now i'm very like uh fragile so i can i can take stuff. someone might not have meant something serious at all and i just i will think about it for days and be mad up and upset or hurt about it but but it's just but other than that like stuff just shouldn't be Stuff, all that stuff. It's, it's, it was never acceptable. But somehow, like Brian's saying, it was, it was. Even, yeah, even though it was never, it was never acceptable. But the culture said that it was. That's yeah. And you look at it now, and you're like, how could that ever? Oh, what was I just? Oh, holy crap! What was I watching? I was just watching. Okay, this was, this shocked my wife because it shocked me. I was watching Star Trek Voyager. You, you know what that is, right? You mean? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's okay. So, well, now so I was. I started rewatching on Netflix. Shout out to Missa who likes that. Show. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I started rewatching Star Trek Voyager. Just booted it up on Netflix. I'm in the first mm-hmm. episode, the pilot. And do you okay. remember Chakotay? Okay, yeah. Chakotay is. See, and I, I'm not even sure. I think in the Discord, uh, a couple of people were talking about him looking like. Uh, was it? Was it uh, Tamara Morrison who plays uh, Django? I think I, I think there was a talk about that. Unless uh, I dreamed it, I'm pretty sure that was in the Discord. Anyway, go ahead, Brian. Well, I'm see, sorry. I don't even know. Like, but I digress. I don't even know how to properly. You know, it's easy. So to say, it's easy to get tripped off, tripped over in your words. That's why you know you don't want to say anything. Um, but I'll just tell you what was said, so you can see how I was shocked. Well, I guess it was uh, Chakotay. Um, he's the character that has like a like a tattoo of a hawk on his eyebrow. Yep. He was with uh, um, Paris, which was like the pilot of the ship. Um, a, a white guy. Um, and they're climbing out of, they're, they're falling down this ladder or whatever. 
And Paris, the white guy, says to Chakotay, he says to Chakotay, he's like, can't you, like, turn into an eagle and, or a hawk or something and fly us out of here? Oh, my God. And I read, I paused it. I'm like, what? I, I replayed it. I'm like, he's like, can't you turn into, like, a hawk or something and fly us out of here? I, so I go out to the living room, and my wife's uh, a college teacher, and she's very, you know, I, she's a very knowledgeable person. I go, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't this super racist and awful? Yeah. And I, I repeated yeah. it back to her, and she her eyes widened. It was like jaw drop. She's like, "That's in there." I'm like, "Yeah, that's Voyager from the '90s." Wow. It's like, because <laughs> that was like, people didn't like you. It was never acceptable, but like that was in the show, and nobody got in trouble for that. My eyes are wide. Yeah. Right now. <laughs> Can you believe that? Like, go if you. Wow. That's in the first episode of Voyager. I've seen some episodes of Very Voyager, episode. like full episodes, but wow, I yeah. haven't seen that. That is craziness. Terrible. I'm actually I'm surprised so they didn't like remove it or something. Uh, from, but. Well, I mean, I'm glad this stuff still. Yeah, exists, me too. Like, I, I think there's, a, yeah, I think there's like, I think there is a level of like we should leave things from the past as they were because not only is it a point in time, but I think like you don't yeah. want to like when when for instance like if, if somebody is marginalized or mistreated for a long period of time, um, you don't want to uh, erase that from history, like because it needs to be known. That's how we learn. Needs to be known. Yeah. So, but anyways. You know what? This is like a this is like a new segment for us, Josh. It's like Brian and Josh talk about life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but I don't know. I just basically, guys, we're gonna we're gonna we're wrapping this. We're gonna bring this in now. Um, Josh and I, we've been away for a while, and you know the world's crazy as you all know. And we want to talk about Halo. We want to talk about Doom. We want to talk about different things that are on our mind, and just kind of uh, just give you guys uh, a little. Uh, you know, when we when we do this podcast, a lot of times we feel like we're we're just chatting with you guys. You know, you you we're having a like Josh said, kind of like a roundtable discussion, except you can only hear me and Josh's voices, which sounds sounds really uh, like we're full of it. Um, but uh, but obviously, you guys listening to it, you guys are probably internally like chiming, yeah, in and like have things you would, and you say. So say, that's so. how we are when we listen to podcasts. So yeah, I, I don't know. I guess uh, just wanted to kind of give you guys more of uh, more time with us since uh, we haven't had an episode out, and kind of just uh, kind of a free ball up between a different topic. So I'm sure our next. Uh, Next Halo episode will be a lot more laser focused. We'll we'll pick a topic, or we'll Josh has had some ideas in his back pocket for a multiplayer tips and tricks episode. Yeah. Um, so maybe we'll do that, or maybe there'll be some new uh, information. But uh, yeah, guys, just let us know. Uh, and by all means, guys, I was just sorry, say uh, just to cut in, if you guys uh, by all means enjoy this type of format the way we did this episode, let us know. I if mean, it was awful, the, let know, us know because we have full yeah. intents and purposes to just. Go back to much more structured. This is the Halo topic. We're going to talk about it, and we're done with the questions at the end. But uh, yeah, I know we thought it's a crazy time out there, so we thought we'd give you a crazy episode. So yeah, and and just lastly, if I can just say, uh, for those listening that are not in the Discord, definitely hit us up on Twitter. There's a link there for that. Um, you guys have been so great in the Discord community lately, and I mean, just in general, of course, the whole time, but just especially lately, you guys have said so many nice things uh, about Brian and I, and that's meant so much to us. And it was just, you know, it's just been uh, a hard time to think about we're, doing stuff. And we, I'm sorry, I didn't mean. We're, we're, I was just to say, no, we're, no, we're no, telling. Good. I interrupted you. We so were much, telling the Discord so that like you guys are friends, seriously. Like, and we, you know, I know we don't like get to, we don't get to see each other in person, but we generally consider you guys our friends. And it's like I think John and said it really well. Um, you know, a lot of us had this time in our past where we were really into Halo, and yeah, all of a lot of our friends they quit being into Halo and then we just kind of kept trucking on being into Halo while everyone else got out of it and you start to feel alone in that. You feel like, oh, I miss one of my friends. Yeah, you're like John at 117 at the end of Halo 4 just with his head down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's, that's kind of what Johnny was saying. Uh, he's Crimson mm-hmm. Seraph on, on Twitter. Um, he was saying that 
he loves being a part of this community because it feels like he's talking to like his friends again about Halo and being excited for it. Yeah. That's how we feel because a lot of our friends and family and who not whoever not have moved on to other games or, or maybe not even games at all. They just don't care about Halo. So it's just cool to have this community. So yeah, guys, you, you really are friends and you know it's it's easier. You're a friend even if you're not in the Discord, but obviously if you're in the Discord, it's easy for us to have an open dialogue with you and just talk. Um, so and we would love to meet you when the time comes. When maybe when this this crisis is behind us, you know, Outpost Discovery or some other event, we would love to be there and get to know you guys more in person. And uh, you know, that'd just be great. So that's that's what I have to say, Josh. And uh, you know, unless you have any final words, uh, let's uh, no, let's just, close it just, out. Just, you just, close uh, us out. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys, and, and you guys have been so supportive, and it means so much, and it just really re-energized us and made us want to get back as soon as possible and do this. Like, it it really, really means a lot. Like, I can't express that enough, but I will always try to find ways. Brian and I will always try to find ways to do it <laughs> because you guys have our eternal gratitude. So, but yeah, thank you so much for tuning in to Sacred Icon Halo. We are back like a butt crack. He's Brian. I'm Josh. And you've been listening to the Sacred Icon Halo Show. Keep it sacred. Peace, guys.